Disclaimer. We are two regular guys who love to talk Bone Thugs and Harmony. We do not represent Bone Thugs or any Bone affiliate. We are also not Bone Thugs experts. The views and information you hear in this podcast may be based on personal opinion. Please feel free to leave corrections and clarifying information in the comments. And enjoy. Yo, what's up guys? Cecil West, John Lippy. we are back. It's Beyond the Harmony thug thursday i don't even know if it's gonna be a thug thursday i think i think we said this might be a sinclair sunday could be who knows there may even be another day coming yeah hey the, the you know i'm glad i'm glad we don't know it gives me a chance to to first say what a awesome response from the bone community the bone community can be so you know hard on something they hate which they should be bone is is a is a unique thing so when something sucks you got to say it you never know how it's going to be what an awesome response for beyond the harmony so far absolutely not not just in comment sections but lots of private messages been going on and a lot of uh you know unities and connections and networking is is going on behind the scenes so I think out of this is going to be a, a, a beautiful, enhanced community with roles and everyone contributing in their own niche to make everything a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah, it, it feels like something big is, is, is on the way just off the back of, of us doing this. Uh, I'm, I might as well jump right into it. I, I want to give some shout outs to the people that just in the last week and a half have been helping making it happen. Of course, my man Shane over at bookofthugs.com. Uh, oh, yeah. I want to shout out loyalbonefans.com. I want to shout out the board that's holding it down. If you're not part of this board, you want to get over to thugsandharmony.com. Sign up for that board. That's where we give everybody an opportunity to ask questions to guests that we're going to have on. So if you want to be part of this and be able to have your voice be heard, you want to get over to thugsandharmony.com, sign up and get under the Beyond the Harmony section, uh, let your voice be heard. And then, of course, a big shout-out to Bone Thugs NL. Bone Thugs NL, man, put put us on big. He, he put a fucking post up on Instagram, and it blew up. And I got to say, off of that post, we had some people reach out to us in the Bone world, um, so a huge shout out to Bone Thugs and L. Everybody that I just named. Plus, plus there's so many unnamed people from our Facebook, from the Instagram, uh, from YouTube showing us love. So we thank everybody. Bookofthugs.com, loyalbonefans.com, thugsinharmony.com, and Bone Thugs NL, and of course everybody else putting on for us. And that interview last week we did with Bone Thugs, uh, Book of Thugs, Shane Abrahamson. That was a really solid interview. It went. It was way better than I anticipated. It was. A, I just had a really good time listening to what he had to say, how he's building his collection. And um, if you missed that episode, you should go back into our archives and check it out because it, it was pretty solid. You got to hear about collecting aspects that you may not have already thought of or uh, offered some um, ideas that you may want to add to your collection and some techniques that he used in order to uh, gain a lot of the items for his collection. So it was a solid interview. If you haven't heard it, definitely check it out. Yeah. And you know, and it's part of what we're trying to do here. You know, I, it's, it's not just about interviewing, you know, bone. 
Um, I, you know, I want you guys to know I, I've seen a couple people like want, want us to immediately get the high level uh, interview. Um, but but this is about the big picture, guys. And, and this is what I want you to think of every every time you hear one of the podcasts. Bone is being interviewed for 25 years. These five guys have been interviewed more times than you've probably spoke on the fucking phone. And they've been asked about the bus tickets and the flow motion freestyle and, you know, who's the originators for 25 years. And I definitely think we're going to bring more to the table, but we're trying to find out some other shit that you may not know. And the only way to do that is to reach out to the people that have been uh, in the dark or in the dark like a lot or we haven't heard from a lot. So that's why you're going to hear us reach out to the the former affiliates. You're going to hear us reach out to the, the, the directors of music videos, the art directors, the tour managers, um, the people that were responsible for wardrobe and, and hairdos. And these are important people to the picture. They're going to have a lot of stories and information. You got to remember too, think of the last 25 years of your life. Can you remember every detail? You know there's a lot of shit that Bone has forgot. This is how we find it out. And as we build and grow this show, that's when you're going to start to see the more high-profile interviews. Uh, I want you guys to know, too, that they're they're already there. We're already working on them. There's a bunch already slotted. But, it, hey, it's all about perfect timing. It's all about perfect timing. All about perfect timing. <laughs> we wanted to bring the stories that haven't been heard yet for two decades. Imagine... If you're some of these unsung heroes that help bone behind the scenes or on the scene with them and their stories have never been adequately told, we want to get those stories told, preserve them on this channel. And every single person you didn't know about opens up a whole new chapter of bone that you didn't know about. If you're like the archaeologist, we call ourselves the bone archaeologists. Uh, once you find one clue, it leads to like three more and then the story just blows wide open. In fact, we can't uh, name future guests, but uh, some of the guests we, some of the research we were doing this week led us to entirely new things we never even knew about. So along this journey, if you wonder why we have certain people on the shows, it's the stories that we haven't heard to learn things that we never knew, and that information that we never knew leads to new discoveries. So this is a journey of discovery. It's a process, and it's an adventure, and that's. That's what this whole Beyond the Harmony journey is all about. And we want you guys to be part of it. The best way to be part of it right now is to, you know, be active at the Thugs and Harmony board or be active on our, our YouTube channel. Um, you can also, our Facebook, any any of our social media. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Of course, we're on YouTube. Of course, you know, we're, we're everywhere. And uh, But make sure you're part of thugsandharmony.com. That way, the questions that you're going to have for these interviews, you know, they're, they're up there. And we we let thugsinharmony.com know about the interviews before anybody. They know about them about a week before we do them. Uh, and that's where we get all the questions. And I promise you, there's some interviews coming up you're going to want to be part of. So, so make sure you jump over there. I'll tell you guys, too, that, you know, the way that we're releasing content, you know, it's not always going to be part one and part two back to back. Um we're, we're going to give you guys content that's exciting when it happens. We got interviews that are going to come out, you know, just this week. And, you know, the, the content will come. But I, just like I said last week, 
I promise you're going to hear everything. We're not going to hold anything back from you guys. So we appreciate yeah. everybody rocking with us. It's been a it's been a great project so far. Uh, the support has been outstanding. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, make sure you're getting ready. We got giveaways coming up. And uh, we got some crazy giveaways. Not only planned our monthly giveaway, but we got giveaways planned for 100 subscribers, 500 subscribers, 1,500 subscribers. We want to make sure that the what you're putting in to this channel, uh, you got the opportunity to get something back as well. So we're gonna ha- that- are we gonna have one at 1,000. I heard I heard 100, 500, and 1,500. Can we throw one in there for when we hit a thousand? So here's the deal. We'll probably do one for 1,000. But the one for 15, and I'm not going to say what it is until we at least hit the 500. But the one for 1,500 is so fucking huge that it's it's tough to do one at 1,000. But we'll probably do one at 1,000 as well. And these are all in addition to us doing the monthly giveaway. I got more stuff in the mail today for the monthly giveaway. Yep. So, so for everybody to understand how these giveaways are going to take place, and I know you have a video coming out kind of showing some of the merch, but what are the things that people need to do in order to be involved in this giveaway process? How can they become eligible? What, what does everybody need to do to get in on that? Giveaways are a super easy thing for you to be a part of. Uh, the first thing you got to do is be a subscriber. It's only eligible subscribers of our YouTube channel. So you got to make sure you're subscribed to be on the Harmony on our YouTube. After that, you just need to comment. If it's a March giveaway, then just comment on videos in March. Uh, if we do four videos, it's going to be one of the four videos will be selected at random. And then a random comment will also be chosen from that video. And that'll be the winner. So the more comments that you have, the more chances you have to win. Uh, the great news is any comment you make on any video will count for the subscriber giveaways. So when we do a subscriber giveaway, uh, for instance, when we do this 500 uh, subscriber giveaway, when we do that one, it's going to be all our videos count. It will be a random video, any one of our videos, and then a random comment from that video. So it's really easy to win. You just got to subscribe and comment. The more comments you got, the, the better chance you got of winning. Um, I'm about to put the video out. If you guys pay attention to the Facebook, the Facebook will tell you that we had a vote. And the vote was if you wanted to get a sealed brand new copy of Mothugs. Uh, it was Felicia and Lazy Bone all lifelong. It was sealed, brand new. Or did you want a used copy, Mo Thugs featuring Bone Thugs, Ghetto Cowboy, the clean edition? You guys voted to take home that clean edition, so that's gonna be the March giveaway. So now y'all know how to win. Make sure you're dropping comments on everything in March, but don't forget every comment on every video counts. Beyond the harmony. Like I said, we're giving back to you guys. We want you to we want you to have an opportunity to make your work on this channel count. And that's why we're doing so many giveaways for you guys. So who do we have today on our show? Like um th- this episode. We we have a guest and Yeah. So who is it that we have? Tonight we are going to be interviewing and, and he'll be calling in any minute, Aaron Purnell. Aaron, if you're not familiar with the name, Aaron is part of Creative Highway Design. Creative Highway Design are the guys that are responsible for some huge albums you may remember. Of course, Lazy Bone and Harmony House present The Lost Archives, 
Volume 1. He did all the artwork for that. He did the promotional videos for that. He also did the artwork for Art of War, World War Three, and he did that huge uh, promotional video. If you guys don't know the promo video I'm talking about, the the uh, Art of War, World War Three promo video is outstanding. Um, pa past him being a guest, I always tell John that that's like the most excited I had been for a bone project in so fucking long because of that video because that video screamed out east 1999 eternal art of war like it grasped what it was like to be part of art of war but updated i was so excited and it was based off this guy's video uh aaron just kills it he did a lot for flesh and bone um so he's he's got a lot of bone work and it, and it really all came from that time frame uh, i'm trying to remember flesh and bone he did the uh it was the cover for oh yeah that society yeah 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 um he did the the cover for that he did he did all kinds of stuff he did a big sloan cover and he's done a lot like he's a fucking he's done so much bone stuff the flesh and bone van bro if y'all have seen that flesh and bone van he did that artwork so He's all over the place. I mean, I and and I love all that stuff. You know, I, I felt like his artwork was the closest to the original Bone Thugs, um, the original Bone Thugs stuff yeah, that we've I seen remember, in a really long time. Yeah, and I remember when when all that started coming out. You were, I remember you were dropping me messages all the time. It was like you were more excited about the artwork than actually hearing the album that when it came out. Um, all the time, just just. Because it, it recaptured that whole vibe that had... Yeah. I mean, Bones always kept it consistent with what was going, but but this particular series kind of recaptured uh, the essence of the art. And, you know, I'll tell you, it's crazy, too, because I was really excited about um, the Art of War, World War Three. Art of War is my favorite record. Uh, if you guys remember, there was a lot of snippets that were out there at one point, and it was just like a clip of the Busy Verses... That, you know, I think that's some of the best Busy Bone verses that we've ever heard is, is fucking World War Three. I mean, he, he kills that. And then, if you guys remember, that project was dropped and it wasn't going to happen. And I think that's when, like, uh, Wish and Crazy kind of stepped away. And it was dead for a while. And then it got picked back up and we found out that it was going to be the trio of Busy, Lazy, and Flesh. And they'd have some unreleased, uh, you know... I think strength and loyalty cuts and shit like that. So I was already pretty excited for the record based on those snippets. And then the, the promo, those promo videos dropped. And, you know, I promise you guys, if, if you haven't, if you haven't at least seen the, uh, the world war three promo that Aaron did, it's, it's phenomenal, but he also did one for lost archives. He did a bunch of promo work for flesh and bone. Uh, he did one for like flesh and bones pull up, so, you know, the guy is, he's super talented. And I actually think we have him in here now. Aaron, are you with us? Hey, what's going on, brother? Yep. Okay. There we are. All right. Aaron, Aaron Purnell. So we, we've actually been talking you up a little bit, Aaron, before you got on to the, uh, onto the show, just giving everybody a little background and, and a refresher on who you are. Oh, um, man. But again, we got Aaron Purnell. He is part of... The, well, I, the team that put together 
Art of War, World War Three. He also did the Lost Archives. That's Creative Highway Design. Aaron, how you doing tonight, man? Ah, pretty good, man. I appreciate you guys having me, man. Really appreciate it. Doing good, though, man. Doing good. Yep, that was the last uh, few projects I did for the group. Um, done a couple things other than that afterwards, but that's probably the last, you know, most major project we did, you know. Now, before before we jump into all the bone stuff, because I, I like to give the full background on every guest. Um, right. You know, in terms of art and, you know, you, how long have you been doing this? Like, how did you get started and how long have you been, you know, just doing art, even way before the bone piece? Yeah, you know what, I started... Well, I actually started in the finance industry, man, which was kind of a dead-end thing for me. And uh, so I went to school, man. I used to draw and, you know, just do poster stuff on my personal time. And so I decided to go to school to do it full-time and actually make a living doing it, man. So I went to uh, I went to one of those, um, those program schools. It was like a, a three-year bachelor degree program. So... Um, I did that. A lot of it was self-taught. I mean, school helped me, you know, helped me with structure and, you know, how to do corporate corporate design work and stuff like that. But I would say probably the last almost 10 years I've been doing it. I've been doing it wow. professionally, I'd say, the last five to seven years or so. Do, do you... Is it only computers or are you can you actually draw as well or, or are you mostly... You know what, I, I can draw a little bit, man. Like if I'm if I if if I'm looking at something, I can replicate that. But as far as just thinking stuff up, like tattoo artists and stuff like that, I'm really not the greatest drawer when it comes to that. But I'm real computer savvy, and and you know I like to tinker with the computer, man. And so I definitely put my fair share of hours into it. You know what I mean? Wow. That, that's 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 really good to know because I always wondered if somebody can become a graphics designer without drawing like good drawing skills and knowing that you don't need that that gives me hope that someday maybe i could come close to some of these products that you created definitely man and just like anything else i mean you get what you put into it you know what i mean if if, if you're just doing it as a hobby i mean that's that's what your work is going to look like you know hobby work and, and and fan art and stuff like that but you know I, I take it pretty serious man like you know it's my passion so i put a lot of countless hours into this thing man and so you know, I think it shows on, on some of my final projects and, and my most recent work, you know what I mean? When I was checking out your page, uh, just, you know, digging up information for tonight's interview, I thought I saw, did I see pictures of you, did did you teach a class or were you running some sort of class at one point? Uh, yeah, you know what, I did do a little teaching at the college I went to. Um I, I taught a few classes just for like beginning designers and stuff, man. I really did well in college. I, That's um, awesome. It was kind of a good thing. I went later on in life, man, and, and I wasn't the greatest guy in high school, and I just didn't take much of anything serious. But, you know, later on in life, you kind of got your priorities together, and being that it was something that I knew I wanted to do for a living, man, I took it real serious. So I did really, really well in college, and, and they offered me a chance to teach some classes, which I liked a lot, man. That's probably what I'll end up doing when it's all said and done. You know? That's wow. awesome. Yeah, I think I think that's great. Um, do, as, far, as far as the work that you do now, I mean, are you working primarily inside of the hip-hop industry, or do you just work with a lot of businesses in general? I think I saw, like, Patron in there. 
Yeah, I did some work for Patron. I, I I like the entertainment business. It 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 definitely gives me more range uh, to be creative. I do do a lot of corporate work as well, though. Um, I try to get my hands in, in just about anything. You know, I don't I don't ever want there to be something that I can't do or that I don't know how to do. So I try to spread it out a little bit. Um, but mainly, I do work in the entertainment industry. But uh, I do I freelance uh, corporate work as well. How, how did you get like your start in like the entertainment business as far as like hey I'm 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 an art guy and I specialize in you know hip hop covers or promotion or whatever it may be Right right you know believe it or not I I started off just you know just doing fan art like whether it was Bone Thugs and Harmony or any group that I liked what I would do is you know you kind of follow the artists and see what projects they're working on and they have coming out and so I would just create either album art, social media ads or whatever, and I would just create it and post it and, you know, tag the artists and, and, and whatnot. And it started to pick up a little steam and, you know, you never know who's looking at your work, you know. So that's kind of how I started to build a little bit of a fan base as far as, you know, people knowing that I do um, artwork and, and digital design and stuff, you know. That's awesome. That's that's great advice for anybody out there listening that may do artwork that you yeah. you, you want to get your work in Bone or anybody's hands. I mean, this is somebody that has created for Bone telling you that this is how they got into it. So, you know, you, you guys want to look at every opportunity. Exactly. And with this social media thing now, man, you can kind of beat down the doors without leaving your house. You know, years ago, you really couldn't, you know, show your work to everyone that quick and and really make a name for yourself, you know, without the social media and stuff like that. So it really helps a lot, man. That's really a good way to, to get your name out there and, you know, catch the attention of some of the celebrities and, you know, hip-hop artists or whoever it is that you like working for, you know. And, and so were you kind of posting your images and graphics on forums or did you have a website? Like how did you even how did you even get the word out or how did you get known? Was it Was it just enough people seeing it? Yeah, just a lot of people seeing it, and, and funny story, man, just uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony was one of the first real celebrity groups I, I worked with, and uh, I would post my work and, and, you know, like I said, just put it out there for people to see, and I had a, a this guy who's a good buddy of mine now, he wanted me to do an intro, he said he was shooting a video for Flesh and Bone, and, and he wanted me to do a little intro for it, and you know, a lot of people talk. I, to be honest, I, I didn't believe them, so I really I didn't do it, you know. And he just kept bugging me and bugging me to do this work, man. And finally, <clears throat> finally, I just said, you know what, I'm going to do this to get this guy off my back. And <laughs> sure enough, I did it, and, and Flesh and Bone called my house the next day, man. And, and so what I did with, with them is instead of them actually paying me for work in the beginning, I just – you told him, you know, let me just come hang out, be at all the events and stuff, and I'll just do your work, you know. And by doing that, you know, you kind of rub elbows with a lot of different folks, and, and that's kind of what started me, you know, into the hip-hop industry and, and doing work for many other artists, you know. Wow, that's great. That's a that's an awesome story. Again, I, I hope this is inspiring anybody listening that, that does this because this is, a, this is a grassroots way, you know, that you're hearing that he – he got into this industry by connecting himself and and instead of taking that financial he saw the you know the benefit in 
being able to go and rub elbows. That's huge. Exactly. Showing your face and being present goes a long way, man. A lot of the uh, interaction just through social media is one thing. You know, everybody says they do this and that on social media, but when you're there in person to present yourself, you know, it goes a lot further than just, you know, sending a random email or, you know, just saying saying what you do over an email. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Network, network. Don't social. Don't just social network. Actually, actually network with people in the real world. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. That goes so far, man. And you said probably the best move I made. You know, that was the best move I made by, you know, sacrificing the 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 money up front just to be there and 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 be present, man. That that was huge for me. And and that, that piece you did for Flesh, did that ever come out, or is it in that? set of pictures that you sent uh cecil yeah you know what what it is i don't know if you, if you guys ever seen the how i roll up video i think yes. that was uh maybe that was like a year or two ago but right before that video starts you'll see the intro i did and that was the one that uh that i did for my buddy and at the time like i said i just i really wasn't thinking much of it but you just never know who you're working with you know yeah it's like the car pulls up and the window drops and it like shoots up the the title that's right. That's the that's the one. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It was quite some time ago, man. But I was proud of it at the time, you know. Just just a question from the uh, we we work with a board, thugsandharmony.com. dot com. It's a, a Bone Thugs message board, and they had a few questions for you out there. So we're going to be asking you some of those. Please, uh, please. Eternal moving from the thugsandharmony.com dot com board wants to know. Uh, how long you've been specifically animating and what software you use when you do these animations like the one for Flesh and Bone? Oh, okay, yeah. Motion graphics I've probably been doing maybe about five years. Um, that is, it, it, it's very time-consuming, but the payoff is great, man. I, I, I love seeing the final product and seeing it all come together. I use a lot of my stuff. I use uh, Cinema 4D and After Effects. And some Photoshop, depending on what the project is. But uh, for the motion graphic stuff, it's, it's After Effects and Cinema 4D. Wow. So you said about five years. So, what I mean, like, World War Three was a couple years ago. So you were relatively fresh in the... Yeah, I was in... just getting started, man. I had I had a lot of fire in me, man. I was really... Not that I don't now. I still have that same fire. But, you know, you live and you learn through experiences. But, uh, yeah, at that time, man, I was getting on any and everything I could. That's huge. And that's impressive because, you know? I mean, j- just so you know, that, that video, you, that commercial you did for Art of War 3, like, rekindled the spirit in Cecil. I mean, he was calling me all the time saying, man, did you see that the, the, the commercials <laughs> for Art of War 3? You got to see oh, this man. thing, man. So, I mean, it's like, we, cool. we, we've been looking for you. <laughs> so, that's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah, it, that it, was it one of true. the ones, man. That was one of the ones I really... I was really inspired to do, and and to be honest, I wasn't commissioned by them to do that. That was actually before, um, before I was told, you know, I was given the opportunity to do the cover. So I was just doing that just as a fan, you know. But um, again, just being such a huge fan, man, that's that's what I would have been doing anyway. And I just devoted all my time to my artwork, you know. And like I said, in the back end, it it, it pays off, man. It really does. Well, you know, during that time, that time period that came out and the Lost Archives came out and I noticed there was like a consistency to it all. And I, I didn't draw the connection until now seeing all your artwork here. I'm like, wow, it's the same guy. So I wondered back then and I still wonder now, did you consciously 
kind of um, create that color scheme. It's, you know, it's kind of like a brown with the orange and black and it kept it all consistent. Yeah. You yeah. Know what, uh, I, I would like to tell you that I did that on purpose and that there was some great story behind that. But honestly, I was just kind of doing it by feel at the time. Like I said, man, I've been a huge fan of this since it started, man, since I <clears throat> I got my little Indian chief tattoo on my arm when I was 18, bro, and, and uh, i just been such a big fan. Like, I was just doing the work that I felt that the music presented to me. You know what I mean? Well, Could you keep saying – go ahead. In, 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 in my mind, and I'm pretty sure in Cecil's mind, like the color scheme, the consistency of how it all kind of blends together – uh, it's created an era. Like in our minds, you defined this particular era of a, like, it's like a one or two year period. And like when we tell our stories to each other of how we interpret bone in our minds, your artwork defined that period of time, at least to us. So I just, I want you to know that. And, and it, you, you basically solidified our subconscious interpretation and experience of bone for a small brief period of time. So Props I mean, on that, is, man. I, I really appreciate you saying that, man. That's uh, for you guys to say that, and for how I was feeling when I was creating, man. It it, it let me know that uh, people were on that same vibe and and feeling it the same way I was. You know what I mean? So that's real huge, man. I really appreciate you saying that, brother. I I know that for the fans before before we dive into any more the the thickness i know that if i don't ask these basic questions then i'm gonna catch hell so you've been saying <laughs> hey i was a bone fan before they ever got me i was a bone fan so i gotta ask what was the favorite album for you it would have for- to be nice 1999 i liked creeping on a come up that was i was still coming into it I, I loved it but when east 1999 came out that solidified it as okay this is this is the group that i ride with most more than anything else you know that was the one right there for me out of the five of them do you have a do you have a favorite member i do like crazy bone is is my favorite artistically as a person friend stuff like that may be different like stack is my guy just because I've talked to him most, but as an artist, it would definitely have to be Crazy Bone. Yeah, Crazy is, it's you know, it's so funny. I um when I'm when I, I when I don't do this, I actually run a record label and I bring you know shows to the state that I live in and and we'll we'll do these video things and you know I'm asked, hey, what who's your top five dead or alive? And I get asked that, and the people around me will be asked. And I always throw Crazy Bone in, and you can see the other people around me who don't fuck with Bone like that just look at me like I'm crazy, and I'm like, listen, he is artistically a, a next level. I, you know, I think Bone anyway is doesn't get the credit that they should, but Crazy Bone is fucking an unbelievable genius that people they just don't know. His what I like most about Crazy Bone is his ability to write choruses like that, man. His choruses on every song is just it could be a song in itself you know what i mean so yeah i've always loved that about crazy's music and and just him along with the group i like his solo stuff too but it's something about hearing the rest of the group rap and then when he comes on there's something that brings a, an extra light to it man that i love yeah and it's funny it's funny you say 
that you know he could carry it with just like you know the chorus because i think the just speaking of the first art of war i think that's when we got our first taste because he had those little interludes and stuff where it was just him kind of singing and we got that taste of wow you know he can do other things exactly and that that's exactly what i was going to refer to man those, those two those little interludes that he did where it's really just a segment of just a chorus you know what i mean and and the whole song is just about built on a chorus and it's amazing man it's amazing all the work that i do for bone thugs and the harmony is is done while listening to that stuff man to really really be in the vibe of it all you know john you had something in there i was just gonna add in there that that a part that's not talked about with crazy is that the way he even composes his verses uh, does his voice it's actually musical in it. it there's there's a musical aspect to his delivery and his flow and you'll see it when you see piano players online they actually reproduce crazy's voice in piano form not the instrumental but his actual voice and when i saw that for the first time it it was like my subconscious un- understood that but i needed to see somebody do it live and it made Crazy Bone seem even that much more incredible to me, just seeing somebody reproduce him musically. It's phenomenal. It's definitely, it's amazing, man. It, it really is. I've been, I've been following that ever since, dude. Now, while we're talking about Art of War, mo- moving into the Art of War project you had a hand in, Art of War, World War Three, with the first Art of War album, I mean, this is an iconic staple in Bone Thugs culture, and I mean, not just for the music, but, you know, if, if we all think back to 97 and, you know, cassettes were still a thing, the artwork presented to us uh, in the Art of War package was fucking phenomenal uh, and really kept that bone tone going was there a lot of pressure for you knowing hey i'm doing the second art of war like the standard is high here yeah you know what i tried not to even even think about it like that man just because you know when you do think of it the gravity of that it can be a little nerve-wracking but i was just kind of setting my mind and doing what what i felt like i could bring to the table at that time and I, you know, I feel pretty confident in my artwork, so I never did it with the thought of this has got to be better than, than the last or, or the other person's artwork or anything like that. It was just more, you know, this is what it is now, and this is the opportunity that I have, and, I, you know, i got to kill it, you know? Did you ever were, get were a they chance? Giving... Go ahead. Did, did you ever get a chance to ride in that Art of War 3 van for FleshandBoneGlobal.com? You know what? I I did the artwork on that. I never rode in it, but I've I've gotten a few photos uh, just next to it at concerts and stuff like that. And it was really dope to see to see your artwork presented like that on a, on a van and stuff. Man, that was really cool to see. Never really rode on it. I know a couple of guys ride that van from from location to location to sell merchandise and all that stuff. But uh, it was cool to just see, man. I never really rode in it though. Now the guy, I, I'm assuming there was an actual artist that painted that on there. Did you ever get to meet him or her? I I, I did not. I, I to be honest, I, I'm not even sure who actually put that together. Um, I didn't necessarily create the artwork for that van. I think they just took the pieces of mine that I did and placed it on there. So I never really talked to anyone and and you know said, hey, this is how we're going to do the van or or this or that. They kind of just went ahead forward with that. But, you know, it's still cool to see my work on. 
they they should have they should have actually had you design the whole thing. I'm sure you probably would have next leveled that. Yeah, yeah, I would have definitely had I known that that's what uh, that's what they were trying to do. I really would have did something special for it. But you know, at the time, I had no idea. I just kind of saw it in front of one of the concerts out here in uh, in California, man, and and it was really cool. <laughs> That must have been crazy to be walking up to the concert and looking at this van and go, is that is that the shit I made? <laughs> it was great, man. I'm telling you, it was, a, it was a feeling like no other, man. I think that's the best part of doing artwork is when you see somebody, you know, representing their brand with something that you've created. You know, that's a it's a real uh, fulfilling feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and I don't know if this was after the period where people didn't buy CDs anymore, but was there ever a circumstance or an opportunity where you walked into a a CD store around the time of the release of Art of War Three and had the privilege of seeing that actual CD sitting on a shelf somewhere? I I, I did. Uh, I it was it was at a, a Best Buy. It's at a few Best Buys and Targets and stuff. And even to this day, man, whenever I walk in, I usually go try to find that album just to see it sitting on the shelf like that. Man, it's really really cool stuff to see something you did in store yeah. like that. You know, that's awesome. That yeah, is. That is. I'm glad you got to see it. Yeah, that's yeah, great. Yeah. That was uh, that's probably one of one of the best moments for me as as a designer. Uh, since then, what? I've had a few albums in stores, but that was like the first one. That was the one that let me know, okay, you're a legitimate designer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Were they giving you a lot of you know direction in terms of, hey, this is what we want for the art of war, or even like lost archives? Like, did you receive a lot of direction, or was it, you know, hey, this is this is the main details. Go to work, kid. Yeah, for for the lost archives, I worked with a guy and. Forgive me, I don't I don't remember his name. I think he was a road manager at the time, and we kind of hit it a few times as far as different revisions and trying to get that overall look. I think it I think it took a little longer only because they weren't exactly sure what they wanted to see on that. Um, so I think that one went over a few times before we settled on a final a final cover for that one. But as far as the art of war, I didn't. I didn't really get any any direction. They just kind of let me do my thing on that, and it was cool because a lot of that work is the first thing that I designed. I never really had to do any revisions or any changes or anything like that. So that was a real one hit wonder type of project on that one. Did they give you like logos or any kind of like files to work with to add on to the final? Just the standard, the standard. The standard logo, you know, the the standard Bone Thugs and Harmony logo, but uh, everything else I, I made myself, you know what I mean? I, I did get some photographs, though, as well, just for, like, the inserts and some of the stuff I used um, on the inside. But uh, as far as any type of artistic stuff, no, man, I just uh, I just did that on my own. Well, I guess what I mean is, is like, logo usage – um, like I've gotten certifications and there was like all this criteria on how I could display a logo and rules and stuff like that. And I always wondered, like when I was looking at your pieces here, I'm like, okay, well, there's some logos on here that I wondered, even the Bone Thugs and Harmony logo, was there any rules or regulations, how it had to be displayed, where it had to be displayed, the size, the... the... You know what? I, I didn't get a lot of that, to be honest. And and I know what you're talking about because I've, I've dealt with that on numerous occasions, but... Uh... No, I, I didn't really get, other than just me talking to Stack about 
how he'd like to see it or what he likes about it, but I didn't really get any pushback as far as, you know, this needs to be so many inches and it's got to be placed, you know, within this realm on the, on the cover or whatnot. I didn't get really any pushback on that one. Um, like I said, really it was, and I was shocked too. It was pretty much a, they liked the first thing that I, that I sent to them. So I was, I was happy about that, man. I'm used to doing, you know, quite a few revisions to make the artist happy and which is not a problem. You know, ultimately you want the person to be happy about what, what they're representing them with. But, but no, man, I didn't get too much pushback on that at all. The, the lost archives, if I remember correctly, that, that was before the art of war, right? Uh, yeah, I, I believe so. Yeah, it was, it was, um, you know, when I look at like I, I remember, and and you sent me a a uh, like an unreleased like you know one of your starting off original, yeah, right. right. And I remember seeing like because the final one has like the five bones climbing or crawling towards the vault, and I remember seeing ones a little earlier that had like a bone thug sign, um, and maybe like the word bone or something out on the uh. You know, so I, I saw some earlier ones um, um, with with that one with Lost Archives. And, and the reason I'm asking is there's there's a lot of there was a lot of pressure, I think, around that Lost Archives. I, I don't know if you're familiar. There was an original track list that was released. And then at the last minute, the track list was changed. Um, were you did, did you know what was going on? Uh, with the album, like, a, a, like while it was going on, or was it, did you finish the artwork, and then, like, were you done with the artwork way before it came out, or, like... You know what, I, I think it, it, by the time I was done, it was getting ready to come out, but I, I, I do the same thing as any fan, man, I'm, I, I look at all the, the blogs and all that stuff, and I saw a lot of folks and saying that, ah, oh, this is never going to come out, and this has been, you know, in the works for so long, and this and that, so... I, I didn't know what to think at the time. I mean, obviously I knew it was coming out because we were putting it together, but, yeah. um, you know, beforehand, yeah, I, I didn't follow too much as far as what should have come out and when it came out. By the time that I got to it, we were like putting it together to release it. So, you know, anything prior to that, I wasn't, wasn't too, too sure about it, but I, I knew that they were saying that this is a long time coming and a lot of folks were unsure if it was even going to be released, you know? Did they give you any of the, like, when you did World War Three or the Lost Archives, did they, like, send you, like, a advanced, you know, either, like, the audio or the, the CD itself? Did they send you an advance so you could kind of hear it and vibe to what was going on? You know, this is going to sound crazy, but I still don't have a copy, an original copy of the Lost Archives with the artwork that I did. I, I don't even, I never even received a copy of that, believe it or not, man. Um, no, yeah, other than the track list, um, no, I didn't, I didn't get to hear the music, you know, beforehand or anything, if that's what you're asking. Um, you know, they, they would send me the track list, you know, of course to put on it, but I never really, you know, obviously I didn't put that out or, or show it to anyone just, you know, just for their confidentiality on it. But yeah, I, I see that Lost Archives album for sale and the prices it's going for, and I'm thinking, I, I should at least have a copy just for myself, you know? Yeah. I still don't uh, have a copy it's, of that thing, man. We we just had a collector um, from a website named bookofthugs.com, and his goal is to own every 
bone and bone related CD or media that's come out. And, oh, wow. uh, and, and he, he owns a copy of that. And in private, I was talking to him and he says that it, it go, it goes for a pretty penny because it was so limited. The amount of them that actually ended up out there All um, right. that, you know, they, they go for a hundred plus, I think, you know, so it's, it's a, bone, bone collectors are, Unlike any other one, though, they're super fans. Um, we touched on that. You know, Little John's fans don't collect his CDs, and they're certainly not worth a hundred plus dollars. You know, the market yeah. dictates that, <laughs> and right. you know, Bone fans have made that a um, you know, it's a it's a relic. You know, and and that's something else I'll tell you too. And and you must know it. You know, not only did you create the artwork to an uh, an important follow up album, but you also created a album cover to you know there's there's these certain relics we talked about last week the e1999 eternal fucking clean version it's very limited it's a relic uh right yours is a relic as well uh you know a a, like um you know it's almost like if you haven't really held it in your hands does it really exist it's that yeah that's cool man you know i never really looked at it like that and and you're right though i don't i don't even know where i would get that even if i wanted it you know what i mean I, I wouldn't even know where to find it other than like you said those those sites where folks are selling them for who knows how much but uh that's really cool man i never really looked at it that way but that's that's dope and looking i got let's see i got another board question coming up Okay, AK from the thugsandharmony.com board felt like your promo work was the best that he'd seen in over a decade for Bone, and he wants to know if you felt like the music from Art of War 3 uh, held up to the hype that your video created for the project. You know what? I'll say this. The, the music was better than I expected it to be. Um, I just like I'm sure everybody else and, and all the other fans out there wanted to hear more of that art of the original art of war sound and the uh, East 1999 sound. I did like it. I think when I was creating that promo, that's what I had in mind. I had, I hadn't yet heard the music, but I'm in my head thinking that that's what it's going to be. And I think that's what gave me the inspiration to create that, that promo, that promo, like I said, feels, in my opinion, more like the, you know, 95, 96, 97 vibe of Bone Thugs and Harmony. And um, uh, I liked it. I did like it. I don't know that. Uh, it's hard to say. It's, I guess I'm biased to it because I, I did it and I, I think it's, it's awesome. And, you know, yeah. that's how I feel about the music. But if we had to compare the two, I'm not sure that there's much that'll compare to that original, that original sound. So, so are, are are you aware of like the uh, cryptic stuff that was inside of East East nineteen ninety nine Eternal, and like the map and the uh, the image that you have to hold in front of a mirror, and then no, it was like no. a riddle. Oh, okay. I've never well, seen it. No, I've never seen it. Never heard of it. Well, okay. Well, it was kind of like a build up question to ask you if you had hidden any kind of secret messages in any of your album covers, whether it was Lost Archives. Or no, 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 I, no, I, I, I didn't put any of that in there. It was funny though because I, I've seen a lot of folks saying that kind of stuff and in, in, in comments to the, 
to the uh, to the promo and the stuff I did, but no, I I, I didn't purposely put anything in there that uh, that was you know beyond what you see on the on the artwork. I wish I did though, knowing that uh, I guess I'm not a super fan like I thought. Man, I had no idea about that hidden stuff because had I known, I'm sure I would have done something like that just for us fans, you know. Are you familiar with the Bone Thugs and Harmony BTNH Resurrection cover? Yes. It, yeah. I it's the one. Mean. It's got them. It's the. It's the ground is cracking and there's mm-hmm. light coming. Do you know? While we're on the topic of hidden messages, that a a long time rumor in the Bone world is that if you look at that cover, you can see that the word Tupac is hidden in the in the dirt, and that that's a a sign, uh, you know, that points to. Everyone's belief that Tupac may not really be dead. Did did you know that this Tupac thing may be here? Uh, Bone and and Tupac are so tied together that it made so much speculation when this came out. I never never knew that. You guys are hitting me to a lot of stuff that uh, that I was not aware of. I never knew that. Even looking at that cover, I'm gonna have to go have a look at it again because I I, I wasn't even looking at that when I saw the cover. Anytime I see their covers or or any work-related stuff like that, I kind of look at it with an eye and, and think about what I could have done to to make it this or that. But I never really looked at it from that angle. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna have to send that to you. I'll I'll forward that over. Okay, sweet. I'm I'm gonna take a look at it and see if you can find the one too. Because because later on, people found that if you took the cover and put it in Photoshop and then lightened it up. There was like a super, a superimposed picture, of, not superimposed, but an actual picture of Tupac blended into the very top, like the top where the uh, the border would be. I never saw oh, that originally. Really? I, yeah, well, I mean, I don't know if it's true or not. Maybe somebody did that as a joke, but like what, what Cecil was talking about with the sand, I definitely saw that. But um, just recently, like last year, someone pointed out like to lighten, to use like different filters and then other stuff was revealed. And plus the album was called Resurrection. So. Yeah, the Bone fans love the Bone fans love this crazy hidden shit. So on any yeah. future projects, Aaron, you you want to go time, crazy? Spoke, the next time, the next time, I, I spoke to Stack recently, and we're, we're supposed to start doing some new stuff. So I will keep that in mind, and and anything you see from from me from this point forward, look for that stuff. I will make sure <laughs> to put some hidden stuff in there, and and kind of talk to them about that, and see what we can do to make it more than just more than just an image. That that actually it. It leads into, uh, you know, when, when you were saying you had recently spoke to Flesh, um, Eternal Moving from the ThugsAndHarmony.com board wants to know if you if you are working with Bone, um, if there's any Bone-related projects you got coming up, and if so, are, are you allowed to tell us about any of them? Nothing, uh, nothing music-related so far. Right now, we were just speaking about more of the apparel and and. Uh, some social media advertising and stuff like that. Um, I know he did say, Stack said he had a project in the works. I didn't go over too much detail about that. Um, but as far as on the immediate forefront, just, just mainly apparel stuff and, and more gear and, and hats and, and social media ads and stuff like that. I was just going to throw in there, um, if if you end up putting anything in these album covers, make sure you run it past flesh and whoever else that may have a hand in it because i'm not sure if they're still into that or not so uh make sure oh yeah definitely. Yeah, don't... 
definitely make sure they know. The oh yeah, for sure. I, I I never go out of bounds and and try to do my own thing on this stuff. You know, yeah. I definitely wouldn't shoot myself in the foot. You know, these opportunities don't come often, so. We get that phone call from Flesh and Bone. Flesh and Bone, like, did you tell my fucking artist to be putting this hidden Ouija shit in here? <laughs> <laughs> Flesh is definitely not the one to play with. I can tell you that. I can tell you that much. Uh, of oh. all members, that is not the guy you want to rub the wrong way. So, it, you know, you can you can so tell from his interviews that everything Flesh says he is. He is, but this I'm going to say this too, that since that guy got out, I think he's one of the, the hardest working, I think his interviews are articulate and great, like the guy is a gangster, but he is he is wise beyond his years, and, and the work that he has put in since he got out is tremendous, like Flesh has been his own brand from the beginning anyway, but man, has he done a great job since he got out. Right, he's been so hungry for everything, man, and that's why it's, it's been real cool to work with him because he's real. He's still really inspired by the group and 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 just everything Bone Thugs and Harmony. And he, he kind of lights that fire for me, man, and, and gets me excited about it. But no doubt, he he definitely puts the time in, and, and he's super inspired and works his ass off with this stuff. When when you were saying that you were doing, you know, some of the merch for him, I I had seen some drafts of merch in the past. I think I remember seeing like. Uh, Maybe a serving the fiend shirt and like a me killer shirt and stuff. Did did any of those come up or were they all just? Did they stay concepts? You know what? Um, I, I've seen a few of them. I've seen a few of the members wearing them. You know, when they go on tours, every once in a while they'll come out here for a few tour dates, and I try to go and 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 flesh will send me some gear here and there. But as far as what I've made, I know the stuff that I've made has come out, and I've gotten a few copies of it i don't really wear too often it's kind of like a like a, a, a trophy for me if you will i just kind of keep them but um i know that the ones that i've done have come out I, I haven't seen any of the most recent stuff so i'm not i'm not too sure but um i know the last few i've done uh have come out and they sell them at shows i think flesh is in the process of redoing his website and uh that's kind of what we talked about he's redoing that website and i'm sure once he gets that up and running you'll be able to buy things off the website and you know most likely a lot of those shirts will be for sale on those websites but uh the best place i would say to get those shirts is to show up to the shows they usually have you know little boutiques or whatever that have all that gear there were there any were there any art pieces that you didn't get to make for bone or mo thugs that you wanted to make but haven't gotten that chance to do yet like an no, idea yeah, that's I mean, always the, pretty much everything everything they come out with i wish i could have done you know what i mean <laughs> i would have done it i would have done it all man um but i think i, I wish i would have been on board uh, you know a, a lot more in the in the beginning but shoot those times in the beginning when i was just a fan i wasn't even designing at that time man but uh, uh really anytime i can get an opportunity to do work for them man i try to I think nowadays it's a little bit different. Everyone's got their own different management, and it's it's not as easy to get all five guys on board with one person doing artwork. And you know, they all have their their different guys and, and different people working. But uh, I I try to stay in the loop as much as I can. You know. 
Uh, another question from thugsinharmony.com. Stars there would like to know if you've heard if Lazy's doing a Lost Archives 2, and if he does, if you think uh, you're going to be doing the artwork for it. I haven't heard of that yet, but I'm definitely going to campaign to do it. And now that you've mentioned that, I'm going to make mention of it myself so that they know that I'm on board for that. But uh, I have not heard anything myself as of yet. But uh, that is something I can find out. I will find out. You guys have a blog site. Maybe I can keep in contact with everyone through uh, through your site or, you know, where you guys, um, where yeah, you guys you can post all your info. You, you can always, uh, you know, contact me directly and we'll go in a video or thugsinharmony.com is the uh, the official forum that we use to to stay in touch with members. And, and that's actually where we let a lot of people go on and, and come up with a lot of these questions. So I'm sure they'd love to have you as a member. Every, everybody there was very uh, supportive of this and seemed to really support your artwork. Because, again, I think we all feel like after Art of War, you know, and... And I, I like to think that the art translates to where somebody is in, in life. So as far as Thug World Order or Resurrection or, you know, anything like that, that's where they were at. But everybody remembers those creeping on to come up eternal art of war. And, and, you know, everyone likes your work, Aaron, because you were the closest to that for us all. And yeah, all... That's, that's so great to hear. I feel like, but, you know, again, I feel like I'm same as you guys, man, just diehard fan and listen to that non-stop so i think that's probably why we're all on the same page with the artwork not saying that the other artists were not i don't know where their inspirations come from but i know as a diehard fan and that being the primary source of music for me um i think that's probably why i can relate to you know the guys that the fans and and the guys that you, you guys are referring to is just because I, I was just as diehard as them on it you know it must have been the the skull imagery that that we've been dying to see again. And when we saw that in those commercials, I think that and and the boneyard that you had on the lost archives oh, yeah. and all all the all that. I mean, they took the bone out of bone for a while. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree, and that's what that I agree a thousand percent. And that's what that's what I went for too. That that gritty, you know, those skulls and just that that vibe, man. I I, I don't know what happened along the way, but but. For some reason, that kind of got lost, and I definitely wanted to bring that back to the forefront, the stuff that we envision when we listen to the music, that mysteriousness, you know, and that's that's where I was coming from when I when I did the work, you know. And it, let Lazy know that if he's got a volume one, he's got to have a volume two, you know, yeah, for the yeah, Lost Archives. Yeah, you can't have a, it's just got to be called Lost Archives. You can't have a volume one if, if that's it, you know, I agree. So we'll have to look into that, man. We'll definitely have to look into it. Now, in addition to Art of War, World War Three, which we've just covered a lot, and the Lost Archives, um, I believe you also did the Flesh and Bone, like Debt to Society single cover. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What other Bone Thugs-related work have you have? I, I believe you worked with like, Duct Tape Gang. Uh, yeah, I did a lot of, I did a few of Sloan Bones covers. I did a cover for Kane. Um, did uh, the duct tape, duct tape gang stuff. I did a cover for Position. Do a lot of little work on the side for the for the other guys uh, surrounding Bone Thugs and Harmony, which is always cool. Those are some some great dudes, man, and and it's always cool to hang out with those guys and do work with them if I can, you know. Um, yeah. So, 
I really like this baseball card one you have, the vintage bone. Uh, were you a, a card collector? Because I was growing up. I had baseball and football cards and basketball cards. My older brother was. My older brother was huge into that stuff. And, and I forget what inspired me to do that. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, you know, growing up in the 80s, 90s, you know, card collecting was huge. And my brother was a big uh, card collecting fan. And I think I must have stumbled across some of his cards or something. And that's how I came about about doing that ad. But, um, yeah, usually, you know, if I have free time or if, if something hits me, when I'm driving, I mean, I spend a lot of time in traffic, man, and, and that's where I think of a lot of my ideas sitting in traffic, and that's what the whole creative highway is, man, just being in traffic and, and thinking about stuff, dude. And once it comes to me, once I can see it in my head, I can produce it, you know what I mean? So it's probably one when, of the when I, I saw, saw When I saw the cards, the my immediate thought was, Bone fucked up not making some cards because cards are like a dead thing. But the Bone world is so collector-hungry, okay? They're so collector-hungry. If they had fucking cards, the fans would go, could you imagine series of cards with the Mothugs? Oh, man. It would be great. I talked to Flesh about that, and he was down with it. But, you know, talking about something and actually doing it are two different things. But I'm going to let him know. The the next time I speak to him, I'll let him know what what an appetite the fans have for stuff like that and and tell him maybe we should go forward with something like that and and do a few series maybe to see how they go and and maybe start making something like that. That would be really cool. They they would love that, and I I can just picture like the the bringing because again collecting is a huge part of Bone Thugs culture, and it's it there's only a few fan groups that have a similar culture like this, and I mean they're iconic groups like Kiss and the Beatles and Elvis. Uh, the only one that I can think of in in hip hop with a similar collecting gene the way Bone has is Tupac and and as odd as it is it's insane clown posse uh yeah they they have super mega fans that will collect a fucking poster on the wall uh that's ripped into shit if if there was only that one at that concert they want that fucking thing right Um, exactly exactly I I know what you're talking about too I've seen it man I've seen it yeah that's some cool shit man I, I think that would be a good idea man yeah, uh, those cards yeah. that go pretty far. And yeah, I see this, awesome. I see this, yeah, that card thing would be amazing. I see this Bone Thugs cartoon. Was this just kind of like a cool doodle thing, or was this something for like a bigger? The idea? Simpsons one is that is that it what you're like looking a, at? The, one. the Simpsons one, you know what? That was actually actually Flesh's idea. He he asked me to do something like that, and um, it was really just kind of an idea, and he liked it, so so he ran with that. I just kind of put it together with that thought in mind just to see what he would think about it. You know what I mean? And, and he actually liked that one. So he made a few shirts with that. I don't know what else he might've did with that. But hey, um, hey, John, are, you, are you looking at the Simpsons one or are you, he did a minions yeah. one as well. No, I, uh, I, it's the one that looks like the Simpsons. It's got like the Simpsons font on the sky where the clouds are. And you know, I, as as a kid, I used to watch the Jackson five cartoon and I always thought even from the beginning <laughs> that there should be a bone thugs cartoon. And Hell I've just been yeah. waiting. I, I keep imagining, like, someday it's going to happen, and it just doesn't oh, happen. Oh, man. <laughs> if I could animate cartoon-type stuff, I, I, that would be one of the first things I did. But like I said, I don't draw too much. But that that would be a kick-ass uh, uh, series or something, even like a Facebook series or, you know, they do those Facebook shows nowadays. That would be really cool, really cool. That, that Minions one I just recently 
that one's probably some of the most recent most recent one I did, I think. The the depth on that minions, like like the three D ness of it and the depth of perception is really impressive on that the minions. Thanks, man. Yeah, that one I did using that Cinema four D program, which is a it's a three D program and I mix a lot of that with, with Photoshop and um, I use use Photoshop to kind of dress it up and and use a 3D program to get those realistic lights and shadows and stuff like that. I was saving it, I was saving it for another episode. But as as long as you're doing the Simpsons and the Minions, something we've talked about is Bone and the Ninja Turtles are one in the fucking same man. Oh, you you got to do one. That's a good idea. You, you got to do one you where guys. you guys crazy. have any ideas, man. Let me know. Crazy as Leonardo, you mm-hmm. got you got uh, lazy as Raphael, mm-hmm. okay. You got <laughs> busy as Michelangelo. Oh yeah. You got wish as Donatello, okay. And and I didn't forget flesh. The ooze represents ruthless, and flesh wasn't there, so flesh uh-huh. would be fucking Casey Jones. Okay. Oh, I like that, man. You know what? I'll put that together, dude. I will put that shit together. That's a good and idea. I, you you think of the old TMNT logo, and you can almost see that as BTNH, man. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's a great idea, man. I will definitely put something like that together. Yeah. yeah. Don't let me forget about that, man. That's dope. I'm seeing this right now in in your little art package. I can't believe you're the one that made. Did you did you you did this busy seventh sign like 3D text uh, graphic where busy's kind of kneeling down. You know how oh, many times yeah, I've yeah. seen this? I've seen this so <laughs> many times. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's just oh, bananas. That's funny man. Oh, that's cool man. That's really cool. Yeah, dude. That yeah. I don't remember when I did that, but yep, I, I sure enough did that one, dude. Wow, yeah, that's dope. I'm glad you like that, man. It's a trip to hear you guys say you've seen these images, man. As far as me, I, I got my little bit of, I don't know, 1,500 little followers on my Instagram, and I see it on there, and that's it. That's about as far as it goes. So, so to hear you guys say you've seen all these images is real cool. It's it's crazy because I wonder if the fans I wonder if the fans know that because some of these images that John's talking about are are iconic on the internet amongst the Bone community and I I, I wonder if they understand that the same guy making this fan art because they know that certain images are fan art is the same fucking guy that's doing these real projects. Right. Um, see, a lot of those images you guys are talking about are the ones I was telling you that I would just do just as a fan to try to get noticed you know what i mean and so that's where a lot of that that comes from you know that's cool i had a couple thugs in harmony.com board members uh want to know if if you do take fan requests where you are a fan and if you'd consider making a promotional video for the e1999 eternal album or that like bone time frame yeah, I mean, I, I would love to do it, man. I, 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 love, I, I try to sneak in stuff for myself. I get, you know, pretty bogged down and busy with just the shit on my plate. Um, that sounds dope. I mean, I, I would love to do some stuff like that. It's just finding the time to do it, man, you know. And in between trying to make a living off this stuff and, and what I have time for, it's a real time-consuming thing. So um, that sounds dope. I'd love to do it. Um Shoot, it, it, again, it's hard to put something together without funding and put other stuff aside for, you know, just the fun stuff, you know. But that 
it, send me any ideas, man, because when I don't have stuff to do, I mean, I do this for fun, too, so sometimes I like to just create shit that I like on my free time just to, to keep that, uh, that creative process going. So that would be something to think about for sure. I will tell you guys that Aaron is going to be creating the, the promo video for beyond the harmony. And me and Johnny's favorite time frame is that eternal art of war creeping on a come up time. So Aaron there is going to be making something very close for you guys soon. Yep. Stay tuned for that, man. That'll definitely be, they'll definitely have that same vibe. So for now, that'll be the closest we'll come to it. And uh, I'll make sure that it's, it's definitely, surpasses the last one you guys saw that out of war promo i'll definitely do something super dope johnny i heard you in there one for the people listening this is like what we're trying to do is to to keep the celebration of the culture of fun moments the fact that you know cecil went out and seeked out to find out who did this cover and and then we're um, hiring you to do something that's that's the spirit that we're trying to rekindle is you know keep it keep it in the folklore Heck yeah, man. Keep that same vibe alive, man, because uh, that's one thing I, I don't want to see go away, man. I felt like it was it was on its way, man. It was it was slowly disappearing into something new, but uh, I definitely wasn't going to let that happen if I had anything to do with it, you know? You know now, before, before we move uh, to, to, to wrap up with, with you, you um, we want to make, make sure that we cover, cover some, some other stuff, stuff because, you know, Aaron, Aaron he, he briefly, briefly talked on it, but the guy hasn't just done Bone. I know, I know besides Bone, you worked with DMX. I believe it was the album when he first got out of jail. I know you worked with Corrupt. Uh, you want to talk about that and any other artists that you've worked with that we may know? Yeah, I've done a lot of work for Corrupt. I've done work for Oscar De La Hoya, Wu-Tang Clan, Faith Evans. Teddy Riley, um, Brother Lynch, uh, Snoop Dogg, Dev. It's been quite a few, quite a few that uh, wow. I can just think of off the top of my head. But um, it's been fun, man. Like I said, just as a fan, I'd like to try to get into some of these new artists, but um, doing a lot of the work from my era of music has been really great to me. Um, and that's kind of what I enjoy most, being that all my memories are based on this music from that time frame. So a lot of the, the artists I've worked with come from that period of time. Um, but that's, you know, that's just a few, just, just to name a few. I can't think of everything off the top of my head, but I'm, I'm constantly trying to do new stuff and, and stay relevant. I really like this Flesh and Bone Presents How Many uh, graphic that you made. It's, it just, it's kind of cool. It's like Unifive, and it's like if you took Unifive plus uh, the whole Art of War 3 and combined the two together, it gives you that cover. Oh, sweet, man. That's cool, man. I'm glad you guys dig this stuff. I would have sent you more stuff and just a little strap for time, but uh, I definitely need to send. I got to send you guys some of the stuff that never made it and and some of the work that nobody's seen. Um, Yeah, we want to... um, Hopefully we'll have that before we post up the video. If we do, you guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna include it in the video. So if you're just listening right now, you want to make sure that you randomly check in on the video because I'm along with any unreleased you know bone art he may send us. I'm gonna put up a bunch of the regular work that he's done as well, so you guys can be checking out Aaron uh, and just everything that the guy has done this whole time. It's really incredible, and you know you got a style. I think that every artist has a style. As I look through your 
as I look through your portfolio, um, you, you know, you can see that you have a style and it's weird because I remember seeing Lost Archives and World War Three, and I go, the same fucking guy must have done that. And then I saw the DMX <laughs> album. I, right. I see the DMX album as an unrelated thing. And I'm actually with some people at the time that, that weren't even into Bone. And I go, yo, the guy that made that cover, I think, made the fucking Bone Thug shit. And everybody yeah, just looked man. at me like, what What the fuck are you even talking about? I'm like, yo, this this <laughs> guy, I, kn I know this guy's shit. This 3D shit is is this guy. So, you know, you got a really unique style. Do you, do you shoot to, like, have your own thing? Or, I mean, just like the coloring, did it just kind of work out to this is what I do? Yeah, I, it kind of snuck up on, on me, man, just just using that, that 3D program. I got real fascinated with that, man, so I just... I was nonstop on that program for a long time, and and in school, I'll, I'll never forget. One of my instructors told me, "Man, you should make your text as part of the design element." You know what I mean? Uh -huh. So you'll see that in a lot of my work. The text is almost a, a a part of the imagery. You know what I mean? It's not just, you know, maybe subtext is just letters on there, but a lot of the main titling is usually done in some sort of some sort of way that's a, a part of the image and so um that's kind of i kind of stuck with that man and and that's kind of the vibe i use the colors color scheme i mean i've had classes on color theory and, and stuff like that but a lot of it just comes to me man usually when i'm doing work i'll listen to that artist's music and just kind of get that vibe going when i'm just conceptualizing and, and just looking for reference images and stuff like that you did the um. You also did the cipher graphic, right? The twentieth anniversary cipher. I did, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that little that little intro that came in. Yeah, that was a really cool deal because I know a lot of people um, saw that and I, I knew that was a big deal at the time, so that was really cool. Yeah, and this this Mo Murder one as well. I I know I seen this on like a website or was this on an album cover somewhere? Because that is that that one that shows all five guys. That one is also in the insert of the Art of War three. That's um, right. Okay. Yeah. 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 And I actually did that before even putting that in the cover. Flesh told me it'd be a good idea to have that on the insert, so I made that separate from you know, from the cover. I didn't make that, you know, knowing that I was doing that Art of War 3 cover. But that's a cool one. I really like that one myself. And, and this is, like, you on this show is exactly what we were going for, is to, like, find the answers or put, or put together the pieces of the puzzle that we, we knew these were pieces, but we didn't know how to put them together. And now that we know that most of these art pieces came from one person, it, like, resolves long-held questions that we had. And, you know, there's, there's those things that just burn in the back of your mind and getting this kind of closure <laughs> on it, just, it, it, cool, like, I, I'm going to sleep so good tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, man. You got, you got my number, man. You can always call me anytime, man, if you got questions about any other work. And like I said, I expect to be doing a lot of new stuff and, and a lot of new cool shit, man. So I always yeah, keep we guys in the loop and stuff. That's that's one of the questions is, you know, uh, we, we kind of touched on what's ahead for you and Boom, but what's just a, a head for creative highway design in general? I mean, do you have big projects coming up? You know, you know yeah, um... got, got some things in the works, man. Doing some work for Tory Lanez. He's a, I don't know if you guys ever heard of him. He's a newer yeah, artist yeah. out of Canada and uh, putting together a, uh, uh, a product line for him, like these uh, 
uh, marijuana pens and um, and uh, his own brand of, of weed, which I'm which I'm branding for that. That's probably the biggest thing on the forefront. There's always other stuff in the works, freelance projects here and there, um, but that's probably the biggest thing so far right now, as far as the hip hop industry, you know. And if somebody wanted to work with Creative Highway Design, is is the best way the the website creativehighwaydesign.com, or is there another yeah. way for them to get in? Yeah, you can always hit me through the website or, or just my email, which is creativehighway at hotmail.com. Um, that's probably the best way. Just go direct to my email. Um, but you can hit me through the website as well. I would suggest everyone check out the website, man. Let me know your thoughts about it. Got a lot of the work that you guys have um, on that site as well. But there's a lot of cool stuff on there. Yeah, it's a, it's a great website, guys. It's got some bone stuff on there too. So even if you're just interested in seeing some bone uh, artwork, he's got a lot of his bone stuff on display. If you've been thinking about getting work, though, you know, Creative Highway Design they cover everything from logos, the motion graphics we've talked about, but they've also done a lot of package design. Um, you know, I see in here like the Woo Goo Wu Tang's like you know concentrate. Uh, company I see that you've done that corrupts moon rocks I see that you did a lot of that so he really covers a lot of bases guys so if you you know if you do need some artwork uh hey let's keep it in the family area man let me know yeah he I assume that I mean you're you're always looking for work it's it's never 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 ending never enough never ending man so please hit me up don't feel like it's something that'll never happen I'm, I'm definitely in business for it Hit me up, let me know. I'm always available. Yeah, I'll say in terms of like when me and Johnny were setting up to uh, get our video with Aaron, it was a very easy process to get set up. Uh, he worked very close with us uh, to get things started, and, and we're, we're really excited. It was it was much easier than I, you know. You never know when you're dealing with someone that's done such high-profile work. Uh, right. That they'll take on your project. So, you know, I, I got to give props to Aaron. He very great artist to work with man definitely open to everything man and, and again dude i appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to come on here talk a little bit about myself man that was real cool it's awesome well aaron hey i want to thank you for coming on being our guest tonight uh did, did you have anything else that that you wanted to put out there for for fans do you think we covered everything for you uh, i think i pretty yeah you guys covered it man again check out the website and and stay tuned for the stuff i'm gonna do for you guys it's gonna be real dope man um and again man just hit me if you have any questions inquiries and and if you want to get something going man i'm always open for it Awesome. One more time, that's Aaron Purnell, Creative Highway Design. You can check him out at his website, creativehighwaydesign.com. He created the Art of War, World War III artwork, the Lost Archives, and a plethora of other stuff. Aaron, we want to thank you, man, and we will have you back on here soon. Sounds good, man. Thanks, fellas. Take it easy, man. Have a good one. All right, you got it, brother. All right, y'all, we're going to go ahead, catch our first break here. Make sure you're subscribed, Beyond the Harmony, on YouTube. Of course, check out beyondtheharmony.com, our favorite message board, thugsinharmony.com, and our guest for tonight, creativehighwaydesign.com. We'll check you guys on the next video. Disclaimer. We are two regular guys who love to talk Bone Thugs and Harmony. We do not represent Bone Thugs or any Bone affiliate. We are also not Bone Thugs experts. The views and information you hear in this podcast may be based on personal opinion. 
please feel free to leave corrections and clarifying information in the comments and enjoy johnny outstanding this this interview represented everything that i that i want this podcast to be about absolutely and the craziest thing is knowing the reality of beyond the harmony is going to have an intro and potentially an outro from the guy that did the art of the art of war three album cover that is that's just it's, it's crazy to think about and then, you know it's it's what it's about you know this this podcast is about uh re-embracing that spirit that you know that we knew the bone community had uh you know a decade ago or more um you know and and just creating those oh shit moments i remember logging on and seeing a bone fucking bone you know promo go up or even just you know when a, a website that had that was doing bone stuff but it had nothing to do with bone directly would drop something and it was just like oh shit and and that's part of the reason why we had this promo made by by aaron specifically because we knew that it would be another oh shit moment for the bone fans online yeah, absolutely and you know and to add on to you know seeing the artwork come out even sometimes there'd be people that would just make homemade graphics and it would just take your mind to a place where you're like oh man that would be really cool if they did that like if it was fan art for an album cover or even sometimes they'd create like settings or scenes or like uh, fantasy imagery of the bones somewhere and it would just take your mind to somewhere and you'd kind of envision you know what battle they were having with the with the demons and so it, it it didn't just need to be official releases even the fan art in itself when it was done right done good it it was part of the whole enjoyment you go on the forum see people's graphics everybody would kind of have their own little graphics go to websites because you want to see what somebody made so that's to me that's part of the pastime is definitely yeah the artwork before we wrap up we we had two opening topics and we kind of just ran off a uh, crazy on the first one and then it ran right into our interview. You want to cover that that other opening topic we had before the wrap up? Yeah, absolutely. And I also want to add in too that so far on this show cuz cuz like you have the four elements of hip hop, we have the elements of bone, right? And so last week we covered the collecting aspect and this week we covered the art aspect. And so next, I'm pretty sure the next one we do will be with another part of the elements of bone. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know when this will air, but I do know that in in terms of recording, today is uh, February 26, 2008, the 27th, where we're going to be recording an interview with Capone, uh, formerly of the Mo Thugs. He was featured on Mo Thugs Three: The Mothership. And we're going to be doing an interview with him. So we're covering it all for you guys, man. Every every bit of it. Yeah, and, and since we're in the week of, well, I guess last week was Wishbone's birthday. I believe on yeah. February 22nd. And I think Lazybone this, last week released the double album, The Definition and the Meaning, uh, like seven years ago or something. And I saw that. On, wow. uh, the loyal bone fan uh, forum on Facebook, so I just wanted to throw in those little trivia pieces out there. Happy birthday to Wish and the celebration of seven years on Lazy Bones uh, double album. Definition and the meaning. That's so 
crazy to me the way time flies. When when we were just in the middle of the interview, you know, I, I was looking up just just shit while we were going over it, you know. And I forget what, what I looked at. I think it was Unified, okay? And I was just looking up the like the dates and Unified came out in two fucking thousand ten. Yeah. Eight years ago. Eight, eight years. years ago. Do, do, yeah. do you know Flesh has been out of jail almost as long as he was in jail? It's incredible. And he still can't get his passport? Is that the deal? Because I know that's like holding up the world tour or something. I don't know if it's his passport. Something's holding up. There was like supposed to be a big world tour for Bone to do because I think part of the criteria, and I don't know for sure, but I know they're trying to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And in order to qualify, I think you have to have a certain amount of world tours. And they were... I think from watching an interview with Busy and Flesh, they were getting ready to do it, go to Brazil and some other places. But then, I, from what I heard, it was Flesh's passport. But I don't know for sure. Like, don't hold me to that. But I heard that in some interview, and uh, hopefully he could get that. I'm sure he's got it by now. But that world tour and the criteria, I, I tried to find out what the criteria is specifically from Busy, um, but I think he thought I meant something else, and um, so. If anybody knows what the criteria is to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, definitely drop that below, and maybe we could help Bone find a way to achieve all those criteria to get into that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, because that is quite an honor. You know, we we saw Tupac in there. I think uh, Run DMC is in there. Um, NWA. NWA. I I can't think of... I can't think of a group that I feel, and and obviously we're big Bone fans here, but but just so you guys know, John and I are big big fans outside of Bone of, of other people as well. I would tell you if I thought somebody deserved it more. Maybe maybe someone like Biggie, and I don't want to get into a Biggie discussion because even Biggie, the body of work doesn't compare uh, to Bone. I can't think of anybody that deserves it. These not only did they deserve it. These guys are alive and still doing it. Everybody that I just fucking named it has has passed. And no matter what somebody will tell you, it's instantly easier to consider them a legend once they've died. Right. Yeah. For Bone to be, you know, th- these guys are legends right now. Living, breathing, like, you know, let's get these fucking guys in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame while they're here to enjoy it. Not only that, it, they have so much material that not a single Bone fan has been able to collect it all yet, and we've all been trying. <laughs> so the I, prolificness is just off. I just found out today of another uh, Thug Queen song on some album I had never heard of, uh, the con artist. And it's like the more you dig, you keep finding more and more stuff. It's It never ends. And these guys exist every single day, and they're, it seems like they're always in the studio recording with somebody, whether it's for... Mo thugs or bone thugs or for an affiliate or for just a special guest feature it's like we're, we're never going to get to the bottom of it all yeah i mean listen that body of work these guys deserve it i think like don't they have like a fucking diamond record which is like you know fucking impossible to get i think i think the crossroads either tied I think it tied for fastest rising single of all time. It tied with like the fucking Beatles. Yeah. With the Beatles. Yep. With the Beatles. Yeah, there's not too many Diamond albums out there. I think I think Tupac might have one because it's a Dutton. Maybe not. I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure Eminem has one. I'm guessing MC Hammer, You Can't Touch This might be a Diamond album. 
But uh, for Bone to have one with Eternal, you know, the impact the Crossroads had, uh, it seems everybody in the world knows Bone, their their name, at least something about them. And uh, yeah, yeah I, I even if you don't know them, go to somebody and just mumble, sing Busy's part from the Crossroads around them. And see if they respond. You know what I mean? If if you walk up and you boom, 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 but they're gonna do it back, even if they don't know bone like that. That that you just know it. That's like embedded in everybody's DNA from that time frame. Yeah, and and a little factoid that goes along with Wishbone's birthday in in February. And actually, I had it wrong. It's February twenty first. I saw somebody posted as the twenty second, but something interesting. And while it's not June. Uh, there's a lot of bone birthdays or ruthless record birthdays more specifically in june so flesh and bones birthday is june 10th dj unique is june 15th ice cube is also june 15th mc ren yeah and mc ren is june 16th so imagine that you have cube on the 15th ren on the 16th and unique on the 15th and then tupac was also born June 16. Now, Tupac was affiliated with Ruthless Records at one point. Busy Bone even mentioned that he used to see Tupac around. And there's the pictures of Tupac, Tretch, and Easy e So the 15th and the 16th, there's two with birthdays on the 15th, uh, Ren and Tupac on the 16th, and then Crazy Bone the next day on the 17th. So there's something about June birthdays that uh, develops legends. Like all these guys. It's are like that so, yeah. Gemini shit, right? I, yeah, all, I, yeah. They're all, they're all Gemini's. And and uh, Busy's birthday is on my dad's birthday. Uh, they share the same birthday, September twelfth. And Lazy's also in September, it's September twenty third. So those are some dates out there for you guys. If if you feel like celebrating the Bone birthdays, uh, June is always a special month for uh, parties. Must have been wild back then in in the in the heyday of Ruthless when a motherfucker's birthday rolled around. Oh, yeah. It must have been. Oh, well, who knows? You know, I, I hear Bone talk about it a lot, and they say, hey, you know, life was pretty good during Creepin', and then we got put in this amazing mansion, and then Easy got sick, and we didn't know it. So we wrecked the place because we thought we were getting fucked over. So I, I don't know how good it was because we know after Easy died, life wasn't great over on Ruthless. I don't know. I've seen Fat Joe tell a few stories about Bone, about stuff he's seen uh, Bone pulling off back in the day. So, you know, sounds like they had a lot of fun out there. Yeah. I, I always think about that. I, I think I just saw the interview today. And the first time I actually heard this story, you, you told me about it. And it was about, Busy was talking about how, you know, hey, when when Easy was dying and we didn't know it, we were in this mansion, you, we just went crazy and we wrecked the place. And he's like, gunshots and, and holes and, and, you know, just crazy shit. And he's like, when the guy got back that was renting this fucking place, uh... He, he was, I can't even remember the words that Busy used, but I, I just like, it just made it sound like the guy was crushed yeah. to come back and see his mansion wrecked by these five true thugs from the double Glock. Um, yeah, and it's unfortunate, like it's, on one side it's a funny rock star story, and then on the other side it's it's kind of, it's kind of disappointing because, you know, that probably closed a lot of doors with you know people with money are the ones that have the means to help propel your career and get you opportunities and marketing and all that and so you know who knows what kind of doors that closed but it's a pretty good rock star story 
Yeah, it definitely, I mean, it's crazy because he didn't say it, but you felt like Busy was remorseful while he was telling you about it. Right. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't, I don't think those guys look at those times and go, that was, that was cool. You know, like they, they're older now. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, that's, that's the type of shit where you don't wreck a mansion and, and the guy's got to have some loot, right? He was able to rent you a mansion, meaning he had somewhere else to go besides his mansion. Um, you don't wreck that without that getting around to some people. But it, yeah. it couldn't have fucked him up too bad because, you know, life is pretty good for the bones. Yeah, and I just hope he was just the guy renting his mansion, not not a Bone fan. Because if he was a Bone fan, man, that that, that would have hurt. But Yeah, <laughs> that leaves a, a, a rough one for you. But, yeah, so... The uh, what 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 was the yeah well I think we'll I wrap think, it yeah I think we should probably save it for the next one and um, just start off with with some other topics to to start the beginning of the next one although I mean we could cover cover things now I'll tell you this I saw today on the bone boards that um, and there was a lot of comments a lot of responses to it uh, somebody asked what was the first bone album you ever purchased. And so, so not necessarily the one that you heard first, but what was the first Bone album you ever purchased? So what, huh. what was your first Bone album? If I remember this correctly, let me see here. In 97, I was like 14 and I had a babysitter or some shit. I think I had a babysitter. No, I must have been younger than that. It must have been 96 or some shit. 90... No, it couldn't have been 97. That's right, because when was Eternal? 95? Yeah. Okay, I'm thinking 95, because I was like, there's no way. So 95, I have a babysitter that is pushing bone. But I don't really... I Hip-hop was pretty new to me back then. Um, she was pushing bone... The first thing that she pushed on me was first of the month, okay? And I remember her showing me that video, like, once. And then she didn't come around for a while. And then the next time she came around, uh, the Crossroads was a thing. And that was on MTV, like, every other fucking music video, right? So she was a fan, so she fucking pushed that hard. And that's how I became a fan and then I think she brought me a copy of Creeping on a Come Up. I think she had Eternal, but she only had one, and she was keeping it for herself because she was a Crossroads fan. And I think she brought me Creeping on a Come Up. And then I think the first one that I purchased, like took my own money and purchased, was The Art of War. Wow. Okay. Did you get so, it on taper, taper CD? Uh, the, first, the first time... I got the when I got Art of War, I got it on a tape. And let me tell you a fucking funny story about getting it on tape. And and this is another reason I love Bone, okay? Um, I can't even remember maybe I can find it. The tape of Art of War doesn't have all the tracks a CD had. I think it's just missing like one, okay? I think there's just one that isn't on there but there's one of the songs paradise was it evil paradise Uh, i think i think that's on there 
I'm what trying to look right now. Friends? Maybe it was Friends? I'm looking at the cassettes. I know it was something on the second one. Let me just open up the cassettes real quick and, and I'll compare here. So I'm pretty sure it was on the second disc. And I remember getting the cassettes and I got used to, you know, I got used to the songs on the cassette, okay? And I, I eventually upgrade to CDs. And I, I now replace all my Bone CDs, Biggie CDs, everything hmm. with, with, with CDs. And I'm listening to The Art of War. And you should have seen my face <laughs> when the fucking song came on. Because you get used to it. You know the, the next sound that's going to drop. You know everything that's about to happen when you, when you know a CD or an album inside and out. Um... You should have seen my motherfucking face, bro. My face when a song that I hadn't heard started. I was like, what the fuck is this? Wow. And yeah. <laughs> that it was such a great moment. And, and, you know, like we always talk about, the internet wasn't like that in 97. You didn't have a bunch of people on the board like, hey, have you compared the CD and you know that this track's right. like this? Like, that's it just, it just happened. And it was yeah. such a great surprise as a fan to have that happen. So maybe, maybe I think the first the- shit... Was it Let the Law End? Like, I'm thinking in my mind what it could have been. And, like, oh. if I hadn't heard Let the Law End, I, that would have blown, blown... Like, I'm trying to, like, relive that that glory of getting to, to you know, trying to imagine not not knowing of one of the songs and then hearing it when I finally got the CD. Plus, you're getting to experience it in CD digital quality. So it, it sounds better already, and you get this extra song. But, yeah, that, that happened to me a few times, too. I think with Two Live Crew, because, you know, I had the clean versions as a kid and then growing older you get your hands on the dirty versions and there's like twice as many songs actually for most people you may not know two live crew but they were a miami south florida based uh group in the 80s and 90s luke trick daddy but well they were later on brother marquise and fresh kid ice you know that fresh kid ice uh died uh either this year or last year can't believe yeah 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 i knew that I, i i was uh connected to him on linkedin like I was so impressed. I was like, hey, fresh kid eyes. But I'm trying to see. I'm I'm trying to find. I know. I just can't see which track it was. Let's see. This says, "Evil Paradise." Oh, you know what? There it is. Okay. Cool. The track that they didn't have on the cassette that they had on the CD was Friends. How many of us have them? Yep. Yep. So, that, and, so yep. That, that song just didn't fucking exist to me for, for I don't even know how long, you guys. It came out in 97. I got it pretty much when it fucking came out, I got it. And, you know, who knows when I upgraded to the CD. So this just kind of sat. And then one day, boom, Friends starts. And there's I've some, never heard it before. There's some really good verses on that song. And I mean, like at the time, like I, I could have done without the chorus only because I'm a little older. So I was a Houdini fan and Houdini had a song called Friends and it was the same exact chorus. And I didn't, I, I like, you know, I was like, how, how could you have kind of a jacked hook on an album with a song called All Original, right? So like <laughs> the, the, the chorus part, and that kind of stuff when Puff Daddy used to do it back then, it used to drive me nuts only because 
the the listeners didn't know the originals. Like I think if everybody knew that a lot of things were remakes, I wouldn't have had such a big issue with it. But like uh, I'll be missing you with Biggie. Uh, a lot of people didn't know where that originally came from. Um, Nas, if I rule the world, they didn't know that that came from Curtis Blow, who was one of like the original founders of rap, and uh, and obviously Houdini, also uh, one of the not quite pioneers, but early on rap groups. So that part used to drive me nuts. But like once I would get past the friends, friend, and hear the verses, I was like, oh yes, especially Crazy's verse, Busy's verse, and and Flesh's verse. All three of those. I love how Flesh comes in off of the other verse and. It's a, uh, it's a cool song. I, I just, the hook just, I, I, it made me cringe just from, I didn't know if Bone knew about Houdini or not. And they must have known because how how else would they have that? And then I think Tupac had a song called Friends as well. So yeah, it's, think, okay to, it's, it's okay to borrow. It's just, and I don't mind that Bone did it. It's just when the listeners didn't know, that's the part that used to kill me. I think uh, if I remember correctly, that Friends is... It's it's sampled from like some really old like Motown shit or something like that. Also, oh, Houdini was biting too. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that that is like. Let's look here. Friends. No, this says Friends contains a sample of Friends as performed by Houdini. So Houdini was first. Houdini, that six minutes of funk. Also, that was a that was a classic beat. So, but the shocker you know they they sampled they sampled a lot though. You know they sampled a lot on there, on the Art of War. Yeah. So it's it's all yeah, good. So that, I mean, you know. That that was mine. Like I said, I think the first song I heard was first of the month. I think the big one that got me on board was the Babysitter pushing the crossroads, and then I kind of rewound a little bit because, like I said, she gave me a copy of Creeping on a Come Up, which was a different style. Like I was waiting for like a Crossroads esque song or even a first of the month esque song to drop, and <laughs> it was fucking thuggish, ruggish bone. So I get the complete other side. And again, I, I don't think I had the whole Eternal disc yet. I didn't get that. You know, I, I think she eventually gave it to me because I remember getting Eternal before I went and bought Art of War because I had both of those tapes uh, creeping on to come up in Eternal. And then I went and got that Art of War. So that's my Art of War story. Uh, Johnny, I think you were into Bone a, a little bit before me. What was the first purchase of the, the Bones? As as people know, well, they may not know, but uh, I was an Easy E fan first, and I was waiting for. Actually, it was supposed to be called Temporarily Insane or Temporary Insanity. I, I kept waiting to get all the magazines, trying to find that, and then eventually, in a Rap Pages issue, there was an advertisement. And this is before Straight Off the Streets. Maybe it was after. I can't remember if it was before or after Straight Off the Streets of Compton, but there was an ad for Easy E. With this group, and I had heard he was forming a group outside of BG Knockout and Dresta, and it said Bone Thugs in Harmony, and I, I was like, who are these guys? And Easy was like with them in the picture, and I, I just, I just kept waiting. I was like, all right, well, I don't know anything about this, and I, was, I had the box on one day, the the channel, the box, and the first few seconds of Thuggish Ruggish Bone came on, and immediately within the first five seconds something in my mind said this must be the group that easy e had planned for everybody because for whatever it, it it came to me like a like a it wasn't a voice but it was just like this understanding i was like this has to be easy e's that those guys that i saw in that photograph and then i saw easy on that chair in the video and i was like oh my god this is it soon as the song ended 
I found a ride because I, I wasn't old enough to drive. It was 90 or maybe I was old enough to drive, but I didn't have a car. So I, I think I got Rob G. To, to, yeah, <laughs> I think I had Rob G. take me to, uh, I think it was called Camelot at the time. And uh, I know it was FYE and I bought Creeping on a Come Up. I bought it the same day. I saw the music video. As soon as it ended, I left the house to find a ride to get to the mall so I could buy Creeping on a Come Up. And I had that. And I mean, my life's been, it's not been the same ever since then. And I used to play that a lot with Outkast, Southern Playlistic Cadillac Music. And it's funny because Outkast has never been like listed as fast rappers, but they kind of rapped a little bit fast that back then. But yeah, Creeping on a Come Up. And then the second album I got was Faces of Death because I was trying to buy Eternal and they pushed back Eternal and Faces of Death was like re-released and I ended up getting Faces of Death expecting Eternal and I made a whole video about that on the Beyond the Harmony playlist. But yeah, so Creeping on a Couple was my first one. Now I got a question for you though. Have you have you seen The Babysitter since? Because does she know she created a monster by pushing bone on you at such an early age? Nah, I don't even fucking. I wish I remembered her name or something so I because she. It's so funny. I I I wonder if she's even a fucking Bone fan because she was such a fan at that moment. Like I said, she she pushed first of the month before you know the crossroads on me. <laughs> um, and, wow, and you don't realize it. You don't realize it while it's happening because, right, what the fuck is Bone? So I didn't realize what she was doing. And then when she brought me Creeping on a Come Up, you know, I'm so young. I don't know that this is their first album or anything like that. So the fact that she had a copy uh, and then and then she went away and then she came back and it was just like the crossroads. And that Trey intro, you know, we yeah. talked on the Mo Thugs episode, by the way, and, and I meant to... I meant to save this for the Mo Thugs follow-up, but I think I'll forget. So we were talking about what led them to put that push behind Trey. And yeah. do you realize it had to have been Trey doing the intro to the Crossroads video? Because so many... I mean, that thing is iconic, and it's not part of the song. And, dude, that church scene with Trey singing, you ask anybody that, you know, from that time frame... That is the shit, boy. They love that shit right there. Yeah, you know, that's another... I never connected that dot until now. That is a good point. It, now it all makes sense. Yeah. Now it all makes that, sense. That, must, that makes sense. That, yeah. that had to have been why we put the money behind Trey because, fuck, man, you you must have thought they were going to be superstars. That, that church scene, like, I think people were sad when that wasn't in the album version. Yeah. Well, the, the original, the, the the version that we know as The Crossroads wasn't even on the original album. Yeah, that's crazy, too. And, For, and, if you're... And it, it was okay, though, because like during that time period, you know, you had Eternal, and then they were putting out these singles on all those soundtracks, and then The Crossroads just comes out of nowhere. And I just remember, too, you know, to your babysitter's point, prior to it was almost like history rewrote itself after the crossroads came out because you know as the crossroads dropped in my mind i'm still like well i still like first of the month better and or maybe even thuggish ruggish bone or uh uh for the love of money but or even other tracks no surrender and whatnot but then the crossroads came out and it was like we were told that this is now the greatest bone song and i know the average public the public believe that but I, I still feel like deep down the Bone fans are like, I don't know, man. Crossroads, great song, but it's, 
you know, I still like some of these other ones better than like the Crossroads was never my absolute favorite Bone song of all time. There was plenty of others. Um, and did um, you feel that way, or were you like bananas for the Crossroads and and just couldn't get enough I, of it? I think because the initial push from the babysitter, I think I was I was fucking bananas for it because I just didn't, you know, the the only shit that she, she didn't even push because you know East nineteen ninety nine came out in between and she probably never even saw that dark ass shit. Um, so it's like first of the month was pushed on me and then the crossroads was pushed on me. Um, so I, I think I was a big fan until I got fucking creeping followed by eternal and I found out the thuggish ruggish, you know, part. And then I think like, you know, I think I got away from any of the harmony shit for a while. Like I think for a little bit, like I didn't give a fuck about the harmony shit. I remember when, uh, I remember when the art of war dropped, like just like the first bunch of songs out the gate. I was just like, fuck. Yeah. You know, I always push the intros. I love the intros because they're just the intros to the first three albums. And, and specifically like even like the intros on the art of war, creates so much excitement and they were so dark and and not the crossroads uh and i don't know how you feel now i have no problem admitting this i don't give a fuck how much shit i take for this um i cannot even fucking stand (laughs) listening to the crossroads uh i i can't i can't do it it's been it's been pushed on me so hard uh that i mean i skip it if i listen to eternal I, I skipped the crossroads at this point. Like it's it's probably like for the most famous bone song, it's gotta be one of my least listened to. Just at you know, at this point. Like I said, I mean I I was a super fan of it in that time period. It it bothered I think subconsciously or even co- actually consciously, I my issue with the crossroads was that it pushed away Crossroad, the original version on Eternal. And that was probably like one of my top three favorite songs. Like I remember taking a shower, I'd program my CD player to play Crossroad, Land of the Heartless, and Mo Murda. And is that how I, you originally heard Eternal? Was was the original copy you had? Did it feature just Crossroads on it? Yeah, yeah. The the Crossroads didn't even exist. I had Eternal for what seemed like a year. Like I had already worn the album out, so I welcomed that a new song came out, but. When they removed the original Crossroad from Eternal, I remember thinking, great, you know, because I wanted to buy this album over and over again throughout my life. I was like, great, now I'm going to have to go fishing to find the versions that had the original Crossroad. And so, like, I always was kind of mad at the Crossroad. I was mad at, well, really what it was was when they started reprinting the album, they would only put the Crossroads on it and they wouldn't put Crossroads. So it replaced Crossroad with the Crossroads. And I'm thinking, man... That's one of my favorite songs on the album, and now it's gone because of this mega hit. So like I, I she always had like a grudge against the Crossroads, but at the same time, I was thrilled that it made Bone mega, mega, mega famous. I mean, they were kind of famous with Thuggish Ruggish Bone, uh, For the Love of Money, East 1999 really wasn't famous, the song. Um, and obviously, First of the Month was a, a fairly significant hit, but the Crossroads brought them to like this status that I had never imagined Bone to ever get to. And yeah. they got to do the the Grammys on those horses and whatnot. But uh, but losing, oh, yeah. like oh. living on the original Crossroad and losing it. And that was like one of my favorite, favorite songs of all time at that period of time. So imagine losing your fa- one of your favorite songs of all time 
with this other version and it's a completely different feel like the original crossroads kind of gloomy and dark the crossroads even though it's a dark subject matter it has like this happy feel to it so you know um, it's so it's so wild because the way you describe it versus again i got eternal and by the time she gave me eternal because i i think what she did was she gave me thug it or uh gave me creeping on a come up and then she rode the wheels off eternal and then when she was like done with it, it was like yeah you, you can have this uh she you know had the version with the crossroads the mo thugs remix dj unique's mo thug remix um so i didn't hear crossroads I don't think until much later. I do know that they eventually started to print a version that had both on it. I think Crossroads was still in its number eight spot, and then The Crossroads was then featured as like track 18. But that that was a later thing. So you are right. They phased it out and switched it. Um, Which, you know, I wouldn't have done that. I would have done the double version. Everybody likes, you know, a remix. Uh what a, what a significant change though. If you're DJ Unique, like how were you listening to Crossroad, and you were like, you know what I think is hidden inside of this, like just a completely different. That's a completely different song. It defines what it is to be a fucking remix. You know, you know it's hilarious looking back. Like I, I'm reminiscing right now of of the time period. <laughs> if only I knew, uh, <laughs> that was the birth of the collecting. Because I remember where I was. I was in Circuit City when Circuit City was still a franchise. And I remember seeing the, I think that version that you said did exist where it had Crossroad and The Crossroads. And I saw it on the shelf and I thought, man, I should, I was like, man, how many times am I going to have to buy Eternal? And <laughs> I was, I was going to buy it. I don't, I didn't, I don't think, no, I didn't buy it because I would have, I would have held on to that one forever, especially after all the different versioning came out. But, that's where the collecting began. And not only that, at that time period, there was all those singles like I had for the Love of Money single. I never had the Thuggish Ruggish Bone single only because it was never available at any of the record stores in my neighborhood. But for the Love of Money was, the Crossroads was, there was a Ray J single with, uh, there was a Bone, I think it was Days of Our Lives was on the back of that one. And I think if Bone yeah. was on the front cover, I would have bought it, but it was Ray J and I didn't want to, I didn't want to have a picture of Ray J in my house all the time. So it, it's a weird yeah, that's a weird single. I own it. Bone is on it, but they're like in a small circle, like in the bottom corner or some shit. So it's like a big Ray J single and it says like Ray J and, and all his shit, and then there's like a small circle with Bone on it, and it's like also featuring days of our lives. <laughs> yeah, and, and at the I mean it sounds like kind of weird to say now, but like at the time period, you know, R and B wasn't like R. Kelly hadn't made things cool yet, right? So if you had R&B in your collection, it was kind of like, yo, what's wrong with you, man? You know, because even even rappers were kind of mad with R&B. Bone is kind of the group that bridged the, the two together. I mean, Heavy D kind of tried to do the thing, but he he never had that same kind of success Bone had of blending R&B and rap. So I, I just, I couldn't have my friends see me with a Ray J album cover in my collection um, now, now it wouldn't bother me, but back then it was straight hip hop, nothing else. And, um, okay, yeah. you know, that, that single's always been weird to me. I, as a collector, I own a couple versions and like, I never, I, I hated the thing that you hate about it for starters. 
Uh, I, I understand the split cause I think they were on the same label or, you know, outside of ruthless. Like I think the distributor was the same or, or maybe they were both songs on the, were they both songs on the soundtrack? That must be what it is. They were both songs on that soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. But, but even off. the CD itself came in one of those like weird cardboard slide out fucking like the, the disc slides out in this shitty okay plastic tray and it's just uh, like this cardboard sleeve like it's a fucking piece of shit and, and you know thinking of subconscious things while i i did enjoy the intros i know you were a fanatic for the intros i did like fanatic. the intros but but what i didn't like was like i wanted the introduction on eternal was probably my fourth favorite right and i always had to fast forward through the intro to get because it's like i, I want i like the intro but there was some times where i just wanted to hear um, execution double nine style without all the, <sighs> the the deep stuff leading up to it. So I'd have to like memorize. I think it was like forty one seconds or something where it began. So I'd I'd try to fast forward right to the point where it begins, where where you hear like the the thunder, eternal, eternal, and um, <laughs> and because I just wanted it to have that vibe going in without the. <laughs> but sometimes I wanted the whole experience, but other times I just oh. wanted just the song, you know. And I wish I, you could just forward to it. Jesus, I love all that extra shit. All that extra shit, like when 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 they stopped using that shit, bro. I was so fucking pissed off. Like because you know, creeping on a come up starts with it. Eternal starts with it. The Art of War has two intros, and then all of a sudden it was like, we don't need the essence of Easy e any fucking more. And I was like, yeah. fuck that. You you give me Easy e talking to me through the fucking Ouija board in reverse, you motherfuckers. Don't give me this shit. So <laughs> I was yeah, did, always upset. Did, did Resurrection begin with Righteous Ones? Like, for some reason, I feel like that was the first song on the album. Was, it, was that Righteous Ones how Resurrection began? The Resurrection album, if I remember correctly, the Resurrection album starts, it starts with Show em, which kind of has its own, yeah. I think that's the one that has its own little intro, it's like busy, oh, Bone Thug, you know, you Bone Thug broke up and all that shit, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's how that shit starts. Yeah, but I don't think it had the easy type intro on Resurrection. No, no, right? fuck no. It's 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 like Busy just kind of like, I, I, I literally think it starts, if I remember correctly, with Busy going, oh, Bone Thug. Like, you know, I heard they right. broke up or some shit. Um, which, Righteous Ones is the second track. Okay, yeah. It, you know, I understand it for Bone, right? Like, how long can you do that? And And so, like, in retrospect, like, not at the time. At the time... I'm I'm fucking pissed off that Resurrection doesn't have it, okay? But it's it's the year 2000. It, they've done it a lot. It makes sense, okay? And I wasn't mad. I wasn't mad when Thug World Order didn't have it. I wasn't mad when the fucking Thug Stories didn't have it. I really wasn't mad when Strength and Loyalty didn't have it. It made sense. The only time that I've been mad, besides it not being on Resurrection initially, there was absolutely no fucking reason uncalled for uncalled for that on unified the world's enemy we didn't get our easy e ouija voice it's uncalled for and, and we got like that that computer voice guy instead i hate it <laughs> i i fucking i absolutely hate it you know i love a lot of bone stuff 
I, I tell you what I love. <laughs> I tell you what I hate. I hate that I don't have my easy e Ouija voice. And every time we do get it, I'm excited. I think it's just classic bone stuff. It's like the artwork we talked about all night. You know, when we when we got away from Art of War, we also got away from, you know, past the intros and, like, how much I like them. They set that tone and that mood. Like, they set you. It's like the opening credits building up for the first scene like it set that tone for the rest of the fucking record yeah and so yeah and the world's enemy made me feel like i was getting a corporate cookie cutter like the corporate version of bone with that because it just came out of nowhere kind of thing we we won't jump into it because we're about to wrap up so we won't jump into to much unified talk but i will just say the disc that we got versus the disc that we thought we were getting based on the think tanks. And and it's so funny because me and John actually did a whole episode about Unified before we were ever beyond the Harmony. We did a whole episode on this back in like 2010, you guys. Uh, and we just tried to recover it actually and we couldn't recover it from the from the database. But we, we did an episode on this in, in 2010 just talking about, you know, what we thought Unified would be versus uh, what it was. But we'll save that for a different episode. And maybe we'll uh, find out why so many tracks got cut. And, you know, I, I almost wonder, like, I wish if I could get a time machine, <laughs> I'd try to find a way to get in touch with Bone and say, hey, you know what? Make the world's enemy a double CD, even if there's filler tracks. But comp- combine the best of the Unified prequel, all those cuts, all those. I think there was like 50 songs made for that period of time, like over 50. If they would have came out with a double CD, even if people would have said, you know, less is more, I think more over the period of time, I think more still would have been more, Uh, especially since it had been a while, like three years since uh, Strength and Loyalty, Flesh just got out. People wanted, and and the amount of like buildup towards it was huge. If they would have dropped a double CD, even if it felt like it was too many songs or some songs shouldn't have made the cut, we would have got our fill. Everybody would have been happy with the world's enemy because at least the tracks you wanted would have been on it. And I think the the, the world ain't ready, the game ain't ready. That song needed to be on that album, and I think because yeah. it wasn't, and that was what they used to push it in the commercials and the promos. And when I didn't get that song, I'm like, yo, man, I, I need I need the game ain't ready. What? So that to me, I think that was that was the fail. If that if just that song was on the album. I think people would have felt better about it. I mean, in the end, it's a pretty good album. Um, it's just at the time, the expectations were ridiculous. And um, it just, you know, and, and with all those songs missing that we had heard. But we could talk about that some I, of the time. I think, yeah. And, you know, there's, I think you're right. There's a lot of love for, like, if you look at, like, the unified, the prequel, the untold story that, we talked about this a little bit in the Book of Thugs interview, but that's the one with the foil. And there's a bunch of just tracks that don't even make sense on it at the end, like, you know, Thug Always and the Mariah Carey song. But the first half of that disc is all unified cuts. Yeah. Toast to that. Uh, I Ain't Going Nowhere, which Kanye produced. Enough Respect, which I, I know you're not a big fan, but that's like one of my favorite fucking Bone songs ever. Um, that, that, that little disc got a lot of love. The Originators was on it. The DJ Khaled song. What a good fucking song that is. So, yeah. 
the uh, we'll, we'll do that. We'll do that in another episode for you guys. That's something that we wanted to do too. Was even though they've been out for a while, I think me and Johnny are just going to review a couple couple discs for you guys. Yeah, and 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 by the way, when we get when I first heard Art of War, those the hand of the vibe and the way that song yes. began, I, I almost had a heart attack. I mean, yeah. when Busy <laughs> <Yes>. came in, <laughs> it was, and then Crazy Bone, I beg your pardon, but how do you know me? Man, I, I, like my heart, like I, I lost my breath. I, I, I'm pretty sure I fell off my bed. I don't know. It, that moment, I remember exactly where I was. I, I just couldn't believe that that was the first song and I had two discs worth of material to experience afterwards. And I just couldn't imagine like what else I was going to hear after hearing Handle the Vibe. I, I could not handle the vibe. The vibe took me over the vibe was too much the i was i was cracking up but not laughing yes no listen i i it's so funny you bring this because i it's it's not even just that i experienced that like then okay i fucking experienced that moment Anytime I'm like, oh, you've never heard Bone Thugs? Check this out. (laughs) And I play the retaliation intro, and it's just the most violent war fucking, we came to shut this motherfucker down. And then all of a sudden, they just like drop into that singing. And and I'm just like, every time I look at motherfuckers, because they they start doing that, buck, 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 bitches. And right before they start singing, I'm like, time to sing for no reason and every person looks at me like i'm crazy and they start singing and dj unique did such a great job because all the tracks pre-mixtape all the tracks flow together so nicely and this is before djs were doing this with the mixtape they flow together and you just have that sound of the wind and shit and it brings you right into uh handle the vibe and when that first beat drops um it'll probably never be like the first time but but i you know my girl isn't into bone like this and i just i just made her go through the art of war uh <laughs> cd <laughs> and i was i was so excited uh for her to be hearing this shit and of course i'm giving her commentary the whole time and uh you know that that handle the vibe beat drops and it's just like you go insane bro you go in fucking insane like, like to start the album with that I remember as you hear it, you're just like, if this is the first song and it's two fucking discs, this is two discs and this is the first fucking song. And, and not so, only that, you're looking at the thing, you're like, I know on the second disc, there's a track with Tupac and I can't even yeah. imagine what that's going to be. Right. And then yes. that comes on and then like that beat, it, it's it's been imitated so many times now, but that beat for Thug Love was mind blowing. I mean, it was it was everything at the time. And I'm gonna tell you too, and this is back to where I'm giving the the fucking intro some love. Disc two starts with that that intro that's kind of like computery sounding, and they're just repeating the word like Mo Thug uh, over and over. Mothug, Mothug, Mothug. Um, and and it just it creates such a like you're like, oh, what what's going on? You know, like I mean it's hard. DJ Unique did a great job and it blends into Thug Love. So yeah. good, bro. Like cause Thug Love's track too. 
You know, so it's the first song on that second disc, and that little intro, it it builds it, it yeah, makes it, it sets I, I, it sets you up. Yeah, and and I used to and when I used to play Thug Love, I always made sure to start it with the intro. Like I didn't just skip straight to Thug Love. I'd for the most part build up to it with that intro because that one yeah. did blend very good. And then uh, yeah. you you know a side thing I'm seeing right now is on this uh, Unified prequel, there's. Um, it says that Thug Always was mislabeled and it was We Working. And when I heard yeah. that song, that's when, and I know you've, you've, you, I guess, met Steve LoBell a while back, but that particular song, We Working by Bone, is what made, what, what put Steve LoBell on my radar for whatever reason, because that was like his slogan, We Working. And when yeah. I heard Bone made that song, uh, Full Steam, Full Surface, We Working, We Working. I was like, oh man, Steve LoBell's got a, a theme song by Bone. And that's like, and ever since then, I've been like a Steve LoBell like fan, you know, watching how he worked. And it, he, he, he built a really cool empire. And then seeing like anytime he works with Bone, it's always a quality product that comes out. So that particular song, though, is what put LoBell on the map to me. I know you knew of him way back, but I, I never yeah. even paid attention to these kind of things until that song. And that song, if he meant for that song to be. The song that introduced him to people that didn't know it worked, because uh, ever since uh, then I was able to connect him. It's funny, I Steve, um, I met Steve in two thousand and I think one. Okay, I met Steve in two thousand and one in California, and I was out there with a rapper named Juan G. W-O-N-G. And if you guys know, Lazy Bone has a track uh, with Juan G. And uh, so I'm out there with him, and I'm out there with the Outlaws. Okay, so there's this is 2002, so, you know, Tupac's out uh, of the picture, obviously. But I'm out there with uh, Juan G and the Outlaws, and fucking Steve LaBelle, man, is with the fucking Outlaws. Like, this guy's everywhere, and just... You, you can tell, man, that the guys, and when I say the guys, I'm talking about Bone, I'm talking about the Outlaws at the time, the fucking rappers that are with him trust this guy, and you'll hear motherfuckers like Bone co-sign Steve, um, that, that you can trust him, and it's obvious, he's been with Bone for fucking 20, you know, plus years, you can't trust many people, Steve LaBelle is bringing what's best for the artist, to the forefront and I think you got to give the guy a lot of credit when it comes to bone I think I think he's held bone together um, for a long time at the times where it was rocky and it could have fallen apart I think it was Steve keeping it straight I also think that it was Steve that made sure that these guys got the the best deals and didn't get taken advantage of again the way they did at ruthless so shout out Steve Lobel um, and not only fucking, that, that that interview that Steve LaBelle did with Busy Bone on that big gigantic like maroon velvet couch or whatever it was, like that the way he conducted that interview helped me become a better interviewer and a, a, just just the way he crafted his questions and everything. Um, I think that like that's one of my top ten favorite Bone interviews. That one, and then he also did like a promo tour with Crazy Bone leading up to I think it was Chasing the Devil. And they were telling a lot of their stories of back when they worked on Thug Mentality, 1999. And uh, he, 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 he asks great questions, and he even kind of like extracts the emotion out of 
the interviewer. So it, he just knew things about these guys to bring out. And he even did a cool interview with uh, Unique as well. So not yeah. only is Lobel, uh, uh, you know, he does the business part good. He's actually pretty good at interviews as well. Yeah, he's a, he's a smart guy. Um, he You know, you got to be. And he's a loyal guy, too. You know, if you guys look at the situation, it's it's not like Steve is some affiliate that only knows Bone and can only deal with Bone. I mean, this this guy just had pictures of him with fucking Puffy. This guy could take a lot of opportunities, but he stays with the Bone camp because he believes in the Bone camp, um, and and he keeps it with him. And loyalty and trust are two hard things to come by. And you know, we work in shout out to Steve LaBelle. I, I hope we have Steve on here. He seems like a really good dude. I, I think we will someday. I think he'll be down to do this. So, And, and before we wrap this up, I'm seeing here uh, Struggle featuring Petey Pablo. I, I remember that when song. that one came out, man. You, lo- I mean, I loved it too, but you loved it, man. The- I love that song. I love Petey Pablo. And I, I loved... The- Petey Pablo possesses something that, you know, he, he's got his own unique sound. And I think what I liked about it was it's it's like it's like when we get a chameleon air bone track. They're not the same, but they they vibed on such a fucking cool level. You know what I mean? That it was like, oh, this is this is Petey's dropping some fucking harmony with bone. Like, dude, I I loved it, man. I love that song. I still love that song. Um, Petey fucking Pablo. Love that song. Yeah, I, I was just thinking, too. Uh, and I, I hate to keep bouncing back and forth on people. Our our listeners are the best because they they let us go back and forth so much. But uh, I was just thinking about the Mo Thug intro again, and I remembered that it wasn't just that computer voice, uh, crazy and lazy like sing. So again, it, just like the Eternal thing, it was just or the Art of War intro. It's like let's have some like violent aggression, and now it's time to sing, motherfucker. Much love, much love, Motha, Motha. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, and and they do that, and then they're like, and now back to the fucking scary computer voice before Tupac shoots some shit. Did did, did Busy and Lazy ever release a song? You know that song that they used to sing together where they they said that they'd be huddled around like a burning uh, barrel trying to stay warm? Uh, Did that ever come out on on a... on an album or an official release, or did they just? Nah, I don't think it did. And and there's video. I think there's video of them all doing that for like not just talking about it. I'm pretty sure there's a video out there of them doing that live. Not right. like live at a show, like live around a fucking barrel in like '94. Um, I don't think so though. And that's if if Bone does another album, which you know who knows. I I see a lot of chatter from people on different boards, like. Busy's being distant and shit. You know, I, I want you guys to know that I, I don't think, and, you know, I don't know shit. I'm not with Busy, but based on the people that we know uh, and the situations that John and I have been part of, I don't think that there's a situation where Busy's all of a sudden being distant and out of the group again, okay? I, I think you guys got to realize that Bone's been a group for 25 years. They've They've worked hard. They've made a lot of, like, independent things. And it's impossible for each one of them to maintain these solo careers. And, and their solo careers now go past past music. It's impossible to maintain those solo careers and make every single Bone Thugs and Harmony fucking show and appearance as the five. Yeah. Um, 
That's that's just going to be hard to to pull off. So if you guys aren't seeing busy right now, that doesn't mean he's out of the group. They've done a great job at making a situation where, hey, I don't have to be here, and y'all can still hold it down. Three or more, and you got bone thugs, baby. Three yeah. or less, and you got bone thugs. And, and you know, yeah. releasing an album is, is when it's a group of it, people understand bone as a five member group and if you're a record label that's signing them you want to have these guys to be able to promote it all of them and it's it's just logistically difficult i'd imagine for them to pull off um only because imagine trying to have five superstars that have developed four solo careers wish not so much but everybody else has one and then try to get them to to give up all the commitments that they probably have on their calendars you know everybody books things in advance so uh, it's probably yeah. hard to open up your calendar to, to do a when, group when thing. I book When I book shows, because um, I mentioned earlier, you know, I, I'll book shows. I'm a talent buyer. And when I book a show, I, you know, the minimum I usually book that thing out is, is two to three months. I've booked a couple with like a month's notice, but I'm usually two to three months out. So that, that means at the beginning of the quarter, somebody books Busy Bone. A tour may not get pulled up for Bone Thugs and Harmony until halfway through that quarter. Well, he's already got commitments. He already needs to record 20 features. He already needs to do X amount of... So he's already been locked down and deposited. So, you know, you guys got to remember at the beginning, the entity was Bone Thugs. They didn't have these solo careers. They had to be there as the five. It's not required now. Um, you know, three or more, you got Bone Thugs and Harmony... Well, Two, not only that, they, they're, always, thugs. they're always touring. You know, it's not like... Always. It's not like they're... You know, sometimes people want Bone to cry. Hey, why don't you guys do something? It's like, hey, they're... they're Oh, it seems like they're on tour. It seems like they do more concerts now than they ever did. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I think when they were really, you know, on in like the late 90s, uh, especially, like, you got a big tour out of the Art of War and shit, but... But that was it. They had like one big art of war tour. Like these motherfuckers are since, especially since flesh, I would say since flesh got out. So we're talking eight years. It's like they have been on a U2 style eight year long fucking tour. Yeah. Yeah. A lot, lot of touring. And I got to see them. They actually came to Florida to a, a place I would never have thought. Uh, they went to Fort Pierce back in 2014. So I got to go see them perform live in concert. Um, I, I guess Lazy Bone wasn't there. I don't know if they have like a thing where it's it's just they sell four members, but you know most of the time it's busy that's not there. But in my case, it wasn't lazy. Lazy I guess wasn't there. Although it felt like he was there, but uh, Crazy was there for sure. Wish for sure. Busy Bone for sure. And I, I, for some reason, I remember Flesh Bone being there. I mean, it was at least four guys. Um, and obviously, you know, I was checking Busy and Crazy and. And uh, yeah, Flesh was there. I'm looking at some footage right now. So Lazy it's, wasn't there when I saw him live in concert. It's wild because, <laughs> I mean, I've performed on stage with Busy Bone, but as far as seeing Bone and, you know, it just may be the location that I'm in that, you know, a lot of hip hop shows don't happen here anyway. So a lot of the ones that happen here, I'm, I'm helping bring to the state. But I've, I've only got to see Bone one time. And it was during that time frame where Wish and and Crazy had stepped out. Uh, so this must be around, you know, the, the Art of War 3 time. And so it's Flesh, 
it's lazy and busy. And I think they did the most creative thing that you could do with that lineup, which was, hey, let's run a fucking BTNH Resurrection tour, uh, you know, to to celebrate that release because those those three kind of fucking, you know, were the main members on it. And so they did pretty much everything from Resurrection. Uh, they did some of the hits too. It's not the same here in the crossroads and, you know, not having buddy, everybody in it. But for the most part, you don't, you don't notice the cool thing that they had. They had a full fucking band. They had a yeah. whole band backing them up during this, uh, resurrection tour. So that was really dope to, to see the three of them. Um, one of the questions that I saw on the thugs and harmony, uh, dot com board was, what is your favorite trio lineup, whether it's happened or hasn't happened? Um, what What is the favorite trio that you have? Because the trio happens a lot. The Bone Thugs trio has happened a lot. Right. Yeah. I mean, what, mine, what do you think yours is? Mine, I mean, my favorite trio, obviously, I mean, it's, it's unfair, but it would be Crazy Busy and Lazy. I know they never actually toured together, but like on uh, Land of the Heartless, uh, the, the introduction... You know, those are two awesome, awesome songs. And like when it's the three of them, and even I think more than Thugs is just the three of them. And when it's yeah. when it's just them three, and even coming home, the original version with TQ, and I think the Miz did the beat. I'm not sure, but when it's it's them three, that is to me that is my absolute favorite. Uh, the songs that the three of them have made together, there's not a single one that isn't absolutely permanently a legendary epic perfect song like the ones i just named are some of my favorite bones are my favorite bone songs of all time i love that trio because lazy performs on a higher level when it's the three of them he is he, he like when i hear him there i'm like oh man lazy is just as good as crazy and busy here so when it's the three of them it brings out the best in lazy they all complement each other perfectly especially on those choruses khakis at jackie's but there's really no place to run and um, that's my favorite, Crazy Lazy Busy. Not because they're my three favorite guys, but, but because when they work together, there's a real synergy going on there. I I think that would have to be my favorite. I mean that that's that's what I would want. Um, not at every point in Flesh's career, but depending on the Flesh Bone style, I could also swap out Lazy for Flesh. Um, but it depends on which flesh and bone I'm getting because he's he's got such alternating styles. I th- and I think I th- even though it's not my cup of tea to see like the show that you went to uh, in theory, the lazy flesh and busy. Uh, I think because I had the band and because they rehearsed together, there is a certain charm to that, uh, and and I like the idea when they did it, when they tried to do it on their own as those three versus, because it was completely different from the strength and loyalty trio. Right. And, and what's interesting yeah. is the, the, uh, the, the bond that held it together was lazy bone because lazy bone was in the strength and loyalty trio. And he was also in that resurrection tour era trio as well. And, um, I, I liked that it was a different look. It's just, you know, overall like resurrection to go watch a, a, a concert of resurrection you know, we talked about earlier, it wasn't like, I mean, it's a good album, but it's not like one of those ones that means a lot to me. You know, that, that period was kind of a weird period. It's a good album. I like the beats, but it just, 
it wasn't enough crazy for me. I'm uh, being a crazy fan. I wanted more crazy bone, uh, but I did like the look. I liked that they tried it, and I also even like that crazy and wish kind of were doing their Australian war- world tour at the time. So yeah. it offered different looks, even though the fans felt like there was disunity and that there was broken up. It was still intriguing chapters of the story. You know, now that everybody, everybody's back together again, everybody's happy, it's cool. But it was nice that that period did occur and gave us different looks, different albums, different types of concerts. It may not be what the fans wanted. They want all five. But at the same time, like you, you got to go see that trio of Lazy, Flesh, and Busy. What a neat thing that you got to say that you saw that particular aspect of Bone live with a band. Yeah. So it was cool that they flipped it up like that for a period of time. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, you know, it's, it's all part of what makes it unique. And, and I will also say too, that it is disappointing, you know, if, if you go to see a bone show and, and your favorite bone isn't there, but just like collecting, how special is it for, for you listeners that can say, I've seen all five bones. Yeah. Um, and, and it just, it's just like anything collectible, you know, it, it wouldn't be special to say that if every show, all five had to be there. Um, but because, because that isn't the requirement because bone thugs means, you know, bone thugs and harmony means three or more. Um, it's super special for you guys to say, Hey, I've seen, I've seen all fucking five together, you know? So it, and, and let me just throw in a, a thing where I had, I had a conversation with an international fan. I forgot what country he was from, but it wasn't like, like a major country, right? It wasn't like England or France or he, he was from a lesser, he was from a country that you wouldn't imagine Bone to do a lot of concerts there. And he really wanted to see Busy Bone bad. And I think Busy wasn't going to be part of the show at his particular country. And I like he pointed out to me, he's like, look, you live in the United States. You could probably go to another state and see a show that Busy Bone's in. He's like, Bone's only going to come to my country once. There's no way I could afford to travel to another country to see them. This is like my one and only shot at seeing Bone. And I, all I want to see is busy and he's not going to be here. And I, you know, I felt, I felt bad for him. Like I realized the impact of it because when you see this stuff online, you forget that a lot of the forums and a lot of the bone chatter is not just Americans or people from the United States. It's people from all over the world. Bone is a world, a world force. And, you know, these instances where it's some random, you know, not such a big country that you would know about, um, that's like the only time Bone's ever going to be there. That's that guy's only shot at seeing him. And you realize why people want the whole group together. It's it's for these kind of circumstances. And it's easy for us to yeah. say like, hey, you know, whatever. But for them, you realize like it's it's their one shot. And it's probably the biggest thing that's happened in their life, the opportunity to go see Bone. And one of the, whatever member it is that they want to see is not there. It's kind of disappointing. But, you know, it's kind of hard to fly Ho- five hopefully- people Hopefully... Hopefully Bone made it back there. I, I hope the guy got a chance to see Busy. If not, <clears throat> Busy's toured like crazy. So so I can only hope that maybe Busy did a, a solo return there and, and fucking gave the, the fans something. Busy is, you know, he was captivating as fuck. This is before I even met him when, when I saw that show uh, with just the three of them. And the band was awesome. Um, Lazy and Flesh were, were awesome. Flesh was, I think, pretty fresh out of jail at that point. 
But Busy Bone was sucking down Red Bulls and destroying every song like it was 90 fucking four and his contract was on the line and it was all about this performance or die. And they were at, this isn't a big fucking place for hip hop. It was probably half sold out. You know what I mean? And this guy gave everything, everything and then some more. He, he fucking gave you everything. So I can see why people are disappointed when they don't get them. But and, no and matter say, what you got. I'll, I'll say this tidbit too is this is a, a part that I don't see mentioned a lot by Bone fans. But <clears throat> the impact that Wishbone has on the live show, uh, people underestimate. So Wish has a way. People When Wish talks on the mic, people just shut up and they listen. You know, Wishbone can command the crowd. Whereas like... You know, the other guys, they're going to say things in between, but it, it's not this. When Wishbone tells you, get up, put your hands up, you do it. You do whatever Wishbone tells you to do versus like if Lazy's saying it feels like optional, but Wish has a a, a stage presence. And I feel like that's his major contribution. It's It goes under the radar, but it's his it's his live performance of being the enforcer on stage. And Fleshbone's an enforcer too. Yeah, Flesh has an excellent stage presence, but, uh, but Wish is like the MC. He's the guy that holds the 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 glue together of making, you know, keeping the continuity of the show going, keeping no, no one's going to rush Wishbone <laughs> on stage. So he's like he's additional free security and uh and he just has a way to keep the momentum going of uh of a live show. So like once I saw Bone live, I I began to appreciate Wishbone a lot more cuz I saw what he brings in those intangibles that and if you know you've done live shows and it's something to to move the crowd or to be able to control the crowd or to uh to oh, suggest yeah. to suggest to the crowd it's, or to keep their attention wish had that capability a, people respond to it it's a totally it's a totally different you know skill set to be able to get up there and rock the mic and rap your shit and do it well versus the interaction with fans in between songs is a totally different skill set to be able to talk to them and be captivating outside of your music. And not only that, but only about half the crowd is down to say whatever, put your hands up. They put their hands up, clap, they clap. It's only about half. The other half is too fucking cool to do that shit. So if you have the ability to, to take those motherfuckers that wouldn't normally clap and get them to clap, you know, that's that's a talent. And just because you're crazy bone and you say it doesn't mean it's going to happen. So for somebody like Wish to be able to go clap motherfuckers and get them to clap, you know, it's crazy. Um, and, and like I said, it's it's a totally different talent. It really it really is. It's it's a really it's a different yeah. talent. Um, did you ever see the video? And it's years back now, four or five years. Did you ever see the videos of the, like it was a Wishbone solo show? What wish did a solo show? <laughs> I've never seen that. Oh my goodness! He really? A, he did a solo show in like uh, somewhere weird, Minneapolis, wow. Some, wow. something like that. And uh, I, I always wondered. I'm like, <laughs> you know, what uh, what did he do? <laughs> did he do a bunch of? Cause you know, he, there's a couple wish. I guess you wouldn't call him solos. Like we got the Art of War solo, and then we got him on some old features. <laughs> but besides that, did we just get a bunch of like one verse? Like how the he couldn't have done like the Crossroads, right? Right. Well, I mean, he could have played it, but and that's the other thing too is 
Wish actually has a lot of memorable verses that, that people don't really... He, he's overshadowed by the other guys, but his when you think about all of his verses it, and you hear him, you're like, wow, I, yeah, I know every word of Wish's, Wish's verses. And Wish has a way of connecting to the... To like the the women all know wishes verses. Um, they probably like him the best. It, it's 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 a remarkable dynamic that all the characters of Bone have. Wish is obviously the yeah. unsung hero. The intangibles that he brings, his verses. Uh, he's got legendary ones. He just doesn't get the props that he deserves. But but yeah, no, nah, I, I can't imagine what a Wish solo concert would be like. Just because I don't know, like Wish is like like. Crazy Bones, Han Solo, and wishes Chewbacca. Like you, do, you, as much as everybody likes Chewbacca, you don't want to see Chewbacca without Han Solo, right? And yeah, you know, you know, Crazy did a lot. I mean, they did a lot of duo, <clears throat> Wishbone, Crazy Bone shows, which, which I think they could totally do. Like the two of them can, together can do a lot of it. But I mean, I'm thinking about Wish, and I'm like, all right, he must have done Get Your Thug On. I assume he did like Somebody's Gonna Die Tonight, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> and then a bunch yeah. of fucking solo verses. I just sent you the. Uh, I just inboxed you a bunch of the the links. So when when we get off the podcast, you'll have to check it out. I'll I'll try to link some of these links in the description as well in case you guys haven't seen this this Wishbone solo show. It, like I said, it's from years ago. And I got to give props to the promoter that was sitting around going, "Fuck, I bet crazy and busy and all these guys are expensive as." Fuck! I wonder what I can get Wishbone to come do a, a a show for. You know what I mean? Because he he probably didn't have a solo price set. You know, like because he didn't do solo shows. But you so know, it, if if he had if if they planned it out with the light the light team the team that does the mix board and the lighting, man, the moment if they like brought the lights down and everything got real quiet, gotta get him, get him, nowhere to run, can't run away from my shotgun, leave it about doing the murder verse. People would have pulled their hair out. That would have been so cool if it was done right with the right lighting, the right mood. Uh, Wish could pull off a couple of those verses. And, yeah. Uh, no, it. I, um, I'd like to see more Wish stuff. Even even though even though I don't think it's ever happening, I would still take a Wish solo just just so it's out there. Oh yeah, I'd, I'd definitely buy. I'd buy it even if I never listened to it. I would buy it just because everybody's. I'd have to. And I think everybody would buy the Wish album, even if they. I mean, maybe it'd be a spectacular album. And I, man, I I tell you what, man, get your thug on. I used to <laughs> I used to bump that all the time. People were like, yeah. "What are you doing, bro?" I'm like, "Yo, you don't know, man. Wish has he's got a soul, man. He knows it." So you know, yeah. I, I, I'm and he's memorable. You know, you said it. He's he's got some memorable moments in other songs. I loved "Somebody's Gonna Die Tonight" too. I I don't even remember what group that featured him on that song, but I was like, again. That's dope that they were like, yo, let's get Wish, uh, you know, instead of the other, you know. And that sounds like fucking 10 plus years old. So it was dope that they were like, we want Wish. Uh, and at the very so. beginning, I Wish, you know, when when all we had was Thuggish, Ruggish, Bone to go on, I used to love Wish's, uh, Wish's verse. And at the time, Bokeem Woodbine was a famous actor and he was doing like a lot of hip hop movies. He did Strapped with Fred Rowe from, from Onyx. And I, I, I was like, man, did... Is that Bokeem Woodbine with hair? Because they at the time they kind of looked similar. Bokeem Woodbine, if you guys don't know, he was in the the Tupac video for I Am Aditya. So at the beginning, like when Tupac gets shot, now now Wish doesn't look like Bokeem Woodbine now. But but if you look at that video and think that Bokeem Woodbine is in the culture at the time, 
and I was like, man, is that, is, did Bakim get in a group? And, um, but it wasn't him. Uh, but, but that made me like Wishbone a lot because Bakim Woodbine at the time was like one of my top five favorite actors. Like if he, if he was in a movie, I'd, I'd see it. Like, uh, they remade, um, Total Recall. I was so happy Bakim Woodbine was in it. And, um, but obviously Wish is Wish and Bakim is Bakim, but not knowing who you're looking at at the, at the beginning, uh, that made me like Wishbone because I, he reminded me of Bakim Woodbine at that time period. Not anymore. But yeah. Yeah. Guys, you uh it's been a big episode. This this will probably be in two pieces. Uh huge huge episode. Me and John talked on a lot. We had a great great interview with uh, you know, with Aaron Purnell. Um I th- I think that's I think we've we've hit it all. I think we had a great episode. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and and who do we got? Come on, we won't know the order that they're coming out with, but uh for anybody hearing this, I, I will yeah. say, just just so it's out there, you know, I talked about it earlier. Capone, uh, he's featured on Mo Thugs Three. We do an interview with him tomorrow. Um, my guess is, is these two interviews will start to hit close about the same time, and then next week we're gonna interview K Chill, who was instrumental in making the fucking Bone Enterprise Faces of Death album happen. Without K-Chill, we may not have a Bone Thugs and Harmony. So that is going to be a huge interview as well. I think that one changes everything. That that one's that one's a big one, guys. So that you, that's what you got look, to look forward to. We still got the Capone interview. We got K-Chill. And I have some amazing guests lined up that I just don't want to tell you about now. Um, but we'll tell you about them soon. That was your Beyond the Harmony for tonight, your Thug Thursday, your your Sinclair Sunday. I still don't know when we're going to drop this. I, I bet it's a Sinclair Sunday, motherfucker. Um, well, but that gonna, was your episode. It's going to be both because we're going to have multiple days. There's no way we're dropping a two and a half hour episode, right? So it's going to be split up between the Thug yeah, Thursday see. and a Sinclair Sunday. So I'll be I'll be right. Uh, I'll be right. Um, big shout out again, bookofthugs.com loyalbonefans.com our favorite message board out there showing us the most love thugsandharmony.com and of course my fucking boy bone thugs nl what a good dude you were talking about our, our uh, fans that live in another country bone thugs nl lives in another country and puts on fucking big time for bone so those are the uh those are the shout outs by the all the 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 teams that are supporting us uh if you do want to be involved with upcoming interviews remember to jump on thugsandharmony.com join that message board and you know get get involved with us and again be on the lookout we got these these big giveaways coming we're starting up this giveaway for the ghetto cowboy single i just got more stuff in the mail that i'm ready to give to you guys so that's it i'm i'm cecil west this is Jonathan my Lippy. P- partner in crime, J. Lad, Jonathan Lippy. This is Beyond the Harmony, beyondtheharmony.com. Make sure you subscribe, make sure that you comment, and we will see you on the next one.